Test. Test. There we go. Test. There we go. Now we're rocking and rolling. <clears throat> It is a wreck up here. How is everyone doing? Hey, Jay Ray. Hey, Rumsey. I see we got a new member. I'm going to wait till Malia's up here to shout it out. Yes. On that video. On this one here. Oh, hold on. Wait. Is it? I appreciate it. Okay. Yeah, this video right here. That was good information, man. And uh, Jay Ray, I had somebody come out and say that they gave a scholarship that was tied to this award that they gave them. I almost, I think this information is so good that I, I, I wish I would have done a premiere with it. Um, but it, it was just, a breaking news update. And I feel like we could have gone so much deeper with that. Yeah. I, I think that could have been a story yeah. because uh, I don't know if I've been able to tell you this yet, but uh, there, they gave a scholarship on top of that. Oh, really? So actual money involvement. And the more that I think I was sitting here thinking about it because uh, like, as I work with my, with my ADD, if I, I got to be doing something to be in deep thought. So like when I'm editing or when I'm driving or when I'm doing anything like that, I'm usually in really deep thought, you know, like obsessive pinpointed thought. And uh, I was just sitting there trying to figure it out. Like why, how, what all could that benefit? And, uh, you know, when they go to trial, it's going to look really good with their experts when they get to bring them up on stand and be like, Oh, by the way, you know, our experts are the best experts in the world. So no matter what expert you bring, we have the best in the world. Let me show you why, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? I know. That's why I feel like J Ray show, like telling everybody like telling us about that. It was I think it's important. The whole grooming the public statement. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes total sense. And hello everybody. Hey Pub Giant and then I was waiting for this here but yeah, welcome V Price new Woo. new member. Um, hey, Ramsey. I'm, hey, I'm, Jay Ray. I'm still working on the names right now. I think I went with like military, but I feel like that's, that's what? so cliche for the, 
for the uh, members levels. I think we have oh. like Thought Rider, Thought Rider Captain, Thought Rider, uh, I don't know, Colonel or something like that. But we'll come up with something more fun. Like, I don't know, you know, we'll come up with something more fun. This, and Rumsey, this is when I get uh, lazy. And my hair is so long now, like super long. It's because he's miserable because he has a nose, like an, uh, what is it called? Oh my gosh, I'm blanking right now. Yeah. You uh, sinus see? infection. You want to see how I've been all day, you guys? Literally. The whole day. All day long. I've just been sitting and editing like this. <laughs> This nose spray. I can't get off of it. To your own detriment. I know. Look. Maybe. Maybe. I will get off at 3,000, okay? We're we're only like, I don't know, 20 people away or something like that. I Maybe I'll get off at 3,000, all right? You got to click. There. Now we're good. How are, how are we going to hold him accountable to get off of uh, Afrin no spray? I need to do a spray, though, because I can't breathe. We need to hold him accountable. <laughs> no way. You can fail a drug test for using nose spray? I didn't know that. I don't know if you can anymore. I don't know if you can anymore. I think that's the, the phenylephrine nose spray, which is the base chemical for like shake and bake. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly, Casey. I don't think it does that anymore, though. I don't think it does that anymore. All right, so let's let's watch this video, okay? Because we didn't watch this video. Let Let's See pop it up. And watch the actual video. See, that's what I thought, Jay Ray. I thought it was about like money mostly. Like it was about I, I don't know, like efficiency based on their budget. Um where, that's just like the vibes I got. Where was it again? It, but why is it pulling up the it's in our, IQ stuff? I it's don't in, know why it's doing it. It's this. in our email, the contact email. Okay, hang on. Oh, you know what? What if I switch hmm? profiles? Is that? No, it won't affect over there. Do it over here. It won't affect it over there. Well, we're logged in over here. It doesn't matter. Hang on. I just need to get off the vidIQ. It'll keep it separate based on the window you're on, but. Okay, here we go. This is the one. Okay, so I'll close out of here and we'll we'll share this one. Oh man, it's not letting me do this one. What? I don't understand. Yeah, I don't know either. Let me just turn that off. Okay, so, all right, sorry about that. I will pull it up now. 
It's in our contact email? Yeah. Okay. Okay, where um where are we at? Where are we at? Right here? Mm-hmm. Wait. What is that? I don't think it's that. No, 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 no. Okay. Go down. It's gonna be down. This? No. Right here. Okay. Oh yeah, it's science week. I should have had you look up science week. Okay, so let's do all the intro things since we since this is officially the true crime talk show, you guys. So um, here, let me see if I can pull it up here. We will do a better job at uh, trying to audio the the comments that pop up mm. you mean say them verbally for our audio Ooh, listen we could listeners get one of those digital things that people get that it's like the um the ai voice <laughs> says yeah. each comment out loud mm -hmm. all right here we go baby so this we are official we were able, I can't believe it, you guys. I can't believe it that we were able to get True Crime Talk Show and The True Crime Talk Show. I got all the emails. I got uh, the name was available in Spotify and Apple, literally everywhere. So we are, this is going to be The True Crime Talk Show. And we're going to be able to have people come on here. We're going to be able to invite experts in. I would love to be able to have like some scary criminals come on here. Um, but these get downloaded and uploaded. So um, they are going to be live uh, for everyone to access. Um, so I'm super excited about it. We've been able to get a few of them up here, like the Dr. Moore case and everything. So welcome to the show. This is the true crime talk show by Thought Riot Podcast. My name is Brendan. And I am Malia. Yes. What? Do you feel lame <laughs> introing yourself on here or something? No, it just feels different. <laughs> yeah. But so the reason why is most of the podcast listeners are audio listeners. Once you get on all those other platforms, there's only two of them. I think it's Amazon and Spotify, which are video. So like the audio listeners are going to be lost half the time, but I mean, we'll see how it does. I mean, you know, it, it's on there, even if it just makes people want to come hang out on YouTube or want to come hang out uh, on Spotify. I think that it'll be a good thing. So I'm super excited about it. We could do not every episode. Like every time we stream doesn't necessarily have to go up. It could be when we have like guests or when we do a very specific topic that we're digging into and it, it it's easier to listen to than just like sitting here bantering. You know what I mean? Um. Yeah, maybe. I I don't see why we don't put it all up. You know what I mean? Okay. <laughs> Hang on. I am trying to 
for anybody else that didn't know, we, this has been up for a while. So we've been up uh, on Spotify, on Apple, on CastBox, on Google, on Amazon, on literally all of them, like 15 different podcast providers, all of them that you can be on. Um, we've been up here and uh, since episode one, really, we've just taken down all the episodes that had a bunch of uh, politics and all that stuff on there and we are officially true crime so if you guys get a chance get the chance hop on there and give us a good rating we'd appreciate it ratings are really what help get you seen in on these podcast platforms um so yeah 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 so hey everybody um, hey, Joanne. yes joanne welcome welcome miss kelly all right, let's. Oh, Chief. I love him today. What does that mean, Jay Ray? Who, me? Yeah. I'm like the king ranter. And it's so funny in the editing that I was doing today. For whatever reason, I think because I, I was not feeling good with my nose, I would go long periods without talking, which is uncommon for the podcast. And then I would have like super long rants in this one. And uh, each time I noticed it, at least I put like a little thought bu bubble up above your head saying something funny. So I told you I was having a hard time interjecting and you're like, yeah, right. And I'm like, yeah, I, no I way. <laughs> I would not say that. I know that people have a hard time interjecting with me. I am a professional salesperson. It is my job to guide and direct and control the conversation without making you feel like I'm controlling the conversation. Well, I feel the control. <laughs> <laughs> I feel it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it's a little bit different with you than it is with like a client but uh, yeah no i guarantee that it is <laughs> well yeah for sure all right let's get into it Wait, here what is all that stuff on the side that is vid iq okay. just just ignore it i don't even use it it's a waste of money man go to theater mode it what it was supposed to do is like do all the titles for our videos and like the descriptions and stuff but it sucks and <laughs> i've never used it once so i paid for it and just pointless lame lame learning i guess learning though yeah learning experience it is it is so i'm super sorry if i'm if i'm really annoying sniffling just say something i'll, I'll make a point to go off camera like i normally do all right, so this is a continuation of this here, everybody who's just hopping on. Um, well, I guess we can use that one. So this is going to be a continuation of the Idaho State has the best forensic crime lab. This video just came out earlier today, I believe, right here. And... Uh, we have another one of our star chatters that has uh, that gave us this. Reached out to us in email, Jay Ray, who we appreciate a ton and is always active and live in the conversation and the chat. Uh, gave us this information, and it is it's wild. Like it brings up a ton of questions. I and, have lots of questions. Yeah, yeah. It, it seems convenient and like the the verbiage they use and how they portray this 
crime lab. It's like they're very specific in the parts that make them look grand and then super vague in the important parts. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like they say they're the best crime lab ever, but they don't explain why. They don't tell you how. They don't say... You know, yeah. their close rate is better than everybody else's. They're faster they than did. everybody. No. They did. They said business metrics. That's exactly. <laughs> what does that mean? Right. What That's what mean? I'm saying. Well, that was the question I said in the video is like, because you would know more about what that means than I would. I was like, what does it mean? It's different for every business. You, It's not like there's. K okay, so there's KPIs, right? And in corporate America, anybody knows what KPIs are. They're key performance indicators. But for every business and every industry, they're going to be different. There's no way around them. Like my key performance indicators are how many customers I've touched versus how many percent, what percentage of those people I've closed in a sale versus what percentage of those people I've closed at a sale. Um, are you know ten thousand dollars or more and what percentage of those people got five items or more or getting add-on services you know what i mean and then uh some of my other kpis are like driving metrics because i'm regional and i drive all over the place and uh drive like hours driving versus dollars closed and things like that there's all these corporate formulas so without knowing that they could be anything at another business it was straight up units per sale, UPS, units per sale, which was a heavy focus, which would then transition into dollars per sale and contract length, whether it was a 48 month contract or 60 month contract or 72 month contract or your soul, you know? <laughs> yeah, your soul. So it, it that's my kind of KPI. Right. It it just depends. It there's no way to know. <laughs> All right, let's check it out. Ready? Yep, go. State police are taking part in National Forensic Science Week. It's an opportunity for Idahoans to learn about how the ISP crime labs use techniques to solve cases. And here to talk with us about some of those techniques and why this is an important part of ISP is Laboratory System Director Matthew Gamut. Matthew, thank you so much for joining us here today. Thank you for allowing us to be here. Yeah, so you know, first of all, I guess why is it important to teach folks about what you do? I think it's really important that Idahoans understand that they have one of the best forensic science labs in the entire world right here in Idaho. And I think it's also important for them to understand that whether in the entire world, they're serving as a juror on an important case or whether it's a relative that has been accused of a, a crime or someone that they know that the evidence that pre is presented in court is solid, that it's reliable and robust. Yeah, we hear about you know robust robust i know what that you guys i am i just am i just off my rocker like how it how does robust fit when you're talking about a crime lab maybe this is I, super early in the morning and he just wants coffee you know <laughs> he's I, thinking about coffee yeah um so Casey, I saw that you mentioned the Amazon doc. So um, we went over. It's going to be, um, you know, in the podcast. It's episode 41, right? Yeah. Either episode 41 podcast or the clip that'll come out um, probably sooner than later. Because um, it's pretty relevant, current. 
people are talking. Uh, but I did digging into a few different things that were in those docs. Like, obviously, there wasn't much. Like, the name was redacted. The information they wanted was pretty much redacted. Besides specifics on what they want from the said account. Like, they would put IMEI and redact, name, redact. We just got the dates and, like, click data. Um, you know, infor account information, IP address. Like, that's what they want. Um, but I, there were some other things in there and I did some digging and that's going to come out soon. And we're definitely going to talk about it because I found some things I haven't heard other creators bring up like at all. Yeah. Um, Hey, CH, we're, are you asking about the last name of the person in here it, on this video? Yeah. It's because, Matthew Gamut. Yeah. Yep. Director of Forensic Services. Yes. At yes, ISP. Yes. Crime labs all the time, maybe in movies and news reports as well. But I guess what are some of those examples that you use a crime lab to solve a case? We work on all kinds of cases every day. So 90% of our work comes in from local police departments and from county law enforcement agencies. Those cases could be anything from a DNA case on a homicide or a sexual assault or it could be something as, as simple as a question document to determine if it's if it's accurate or if it's been forged. And you were talking about the cold case teams with what? me kind of off camera earlier. So crime labs check, they verify the legality of documents? Well, he said if it's forged or not, which doesn't sound like something, am, am I wrong? Is that something that ISP does typically? Well, or any not, forensic science? Yeah, no, ISP would do it, but normally... I thought that, they call in an expert normally. It wouldn't be their it's a separate forensic entity. department. Uh, I guess it would, actually. I'm wrong. It would be their forensic department. So no, it's probably one person that's like a forensic expert on handwriting. I'm yeah. I'm wrong. I be, I bet there is. I bet there is. Well, that makes sense for it's somebody, just, I guess, to be employed that does that regularly. It's yeah. just every time I've ever seen a case where they had like a document looked in, it always seemed like it was somebody brought in from the outside. But yeah. but maybe certain forensic labs have one on staff at all times, yeah. maybe. Yeah. I, I Agreed. Agreed. I, I don't know why I thought it wasn't a forensic lab that would do that, but yeah, it would. And saying that there's a lot that a lot of upgrades or new opportunities okay, under thanks, that umbrella. Right now. <laughs> right now, we have a cold case initiative where we are sending investigators from our team out to work with local agencies to identify any cold Why cases. Why are they that moving they have, the lab from ISU now? And that could mean cases from last week or from 30 years ago. They're trying to identify. What uh, what what are you talking about, Michael? Are are they moving like? Are, is their lab actually moving that they're talking about? Here, R Rumsey, they're about to show how they got the award and who gave it to them in just a minute. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and Michael had a question. Can we post links in chat? Just found an interesting article. Yeah. Um. um tr oh wait, where'd you post the link? I in the chat. He's asking if he can post the link in the chat. You you can try. I'm. I don't know if we have it turned on or not. Um, and it, I, I don't think it's it, a setting I can go in right now and turn it on Michael, either. Michael, if you try and it doesn't work, I'll just post the email and you yeah. can send it to the email and then I'll pull it up here. And yep. then 
Yep. Identify those cases so that we can employ new forensic techniques to those cases to try and bring closure to families and sometimes survivors of those crimes. On average, I guess, how many cases are you guys working? Because you just mentioned that's a vast of range of cases. We Most of our cases that come in are for chemistry or for DUI type uh, analysis. And those cases uh, come in quite frequently. And so we work uh, tens of thousands of cases every year in our laboratories. We have three laboratories in our state, Coeur d'Alene, here in Meridian, and also in Pocatello. Coeur d'Alene? And I understand you won award, an award recently. Talk about that. We did. We won the Foresight Maximus Award, which is a, an award that we... What did you right. say about Coeur d'Alene? He said that that's where one of their um, labs are at, are in Coeur d'Alene. And right now, Coeur d'Alene like a hot topic because of Drip Drop's video that came out. And I was reading somewhere that said that True Crime Design... So shout out to Crime Circus and True Crime, crime Design. Um, apparently, they both have... Uh, pointed out some kind of cult-like connections or whatever in Coeur d'Alene, and uh, yeah. What? So you're streaming like that now? What? Is it interfering with your thought process? <laughs> Are you trying to stuff it in so nobody can see it now? No, just a little. <laughs> My nose hurts. I can't help it. Do you want me sniffling, or would you rather not? Go you ahead. know, people are going to be like, God, he's got a big white booger in his nose. <clears throat> okay. So what was I going to look up? Um, What's the award called? That's what I'm going to look up. What was it? It didn't it Maximus show? achievement award, right? Foresight Maximus achievement award. Hey, Joey. Hey, CH. And I didn't get to say hey to Ian. Oh, and Ian's Michael, in here. Michael, I didn't get to say hi, really. Um, yeah, if if you send it, Michael, I'll try he to did. post it in the chat myself in the email. Yeah, you saw it come. I through? saw something pop up on my okay. phone. Let me look. Okay. So, why aren't we seeing the twenty twenty three? Okay, so. 2022 Foresight Maximus Awards announced. So this is, oh yeah, th so this isn't right. Hang on, you guys. Let me, let me go back here. We got an email from Video Beehive. Unleashing David Dobrik's content mastery. Unlock the secrets behind his content mastery. Like, who? You can, I, I don't guess know who da that is. David Dobrik was one of the biggest YouTubers like ever until uh -huh. like some things went down. Um, and he, I guess now he's trying to sell huh. his like blueprint to growing. Yeah, we only <laughs> after want after he's been canceled. <laughs> we, we wouldn't use something like that. We're, it's we're going so all organic, man. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Oh, wait, yeah, senior okay. living. Here, let me see if I can post this in the chat for everybody else if you guys want to reference to it too. Hopefully, it lets me. I don't see any 2023. So that's super strange. The only thing I see is this. Oh, it did let me post the link. Cool. But yes, this link says that ISP is moving. 
which location? I don't know. He we'll just see. said there's three. It's in the Idaho State Journal. Okay, so Idaho State Police Forensic Services receive Foresight Maximus Award, even though it's not posted anywhere. Really strange. Uh, the Idaho State Police Forensic Services, ISPFS, has been awarded the Foresight Maximus Award, which is presented by the American Society of Crime Laboratory Directors. Based on Foresight business metrics, the Foresight Maximus Award recognizes 15 laboratories that operated at a 90% or greater peak efficiency during the 2022 operational year. ISPFS is a two-time recipient of the Global Award. Global? Do they even check other laboratories outside of the U.S.? Or is it one of those situations where they just call it global but only check U.S. laboratories? You know? Today, we proudly recognize the ISPFS for their remarkable achievement and unwavering commitment to the pursuit of truth and justice. Dedication, expertise, and exceptional efficiency metrics have established our lab system as one of the top 15 lab systems in the world, said Colonel Kedrick Wills of the Idaho State Police. ISPFS technically technical proficiency and dedication to the criminal justice system through analyzing evidence, interpreting data, and pr providing critical insights significantly impact investigations, delivering justice, and bringing closure in countless cases. Truly, our lab system continues raising the bar in forensic science for the benefit of the people of Idaho. So it's based off of all of that, or are they just saying what they do? I haven't read anything, literally nothing. So, and they're one of 15. It's not like the like super special. I, yeah. And <laughs> I haven't read one metric the entire time we've been looking at this or reading this. Not one. Okay. So let's the see. only thing they've said is uh, dedication, expertise, and exceptional efficiency. What dedication, expertise, and exceptional efficiency? What does that even mean? What does that mean? It means nothing. It means whatever you want it to mean. Yeah, essentially. But I think it might get a little more into it. Go Read that next paragraph. All right. The Foresight Program began in North America in 2007 with the West Virginia University College of Business and Economics, WVU, and the National Institute of Justice as a Business as a business-guided self-evaluation of forensic science laboratories. It has since expanded and now includes forensic laboratories from around the world. WVU and Florida International University's faculty provide assistance, guidance, and, and analysis as they standardize definitions for metrics to evaluate work, processes, and link financial information to work tasks and functions. As the program grows, it has led publications, laboratory efficiency improvements, and supplementary program funding. Due to its success and expansions, ASCLD began recognizing high-performing laboratories. ISPF strives to be among the world's most elite and efficient laboratories. Our vision is to be a leader in unbiased science, transparency, and accountability to our customers and stakeholders. That's important. 
Our commitment to the citizens of Idaho is to be the best at forensic science analysis and use our resources efficiently and responsibly by providing and financial by providing financial and pro productivity data to a world-class business school such as WVU to evaluate our efficiency. We can assure Idaho tax yeah, we can assure Idaho taxpayers that the resources they dedicate to forensic services are well invested. We are extremely pleased to be awarded the Foresight Maximus Award for the second time in the last three years, says Matthew Gamet. So that that's a good thing to point out, right? So uh, the second time in three years, that makes it feel like less like they're trying to paint an image of, look how great I am. We have a big trial coming up. You know what I mean? Yeah, we got to be fair on both sides here. Yeah. Um, and hey, Riddler, good to see you. Um, hey. So I do find it odd that our vision is to be a leader in unbiased science, transparency and accountability to our customers and stakeholders. Stakeholders is weird. I, I guess I guess maybe I'm just dumb and I don't understand how. um these laboratories work, but when, when you're a state funded and ran laboratory, you can't be unbiased if you have stakeholders. So is their work subcontracted? Is this a subcontracted entity or are they owned? Because the only way that you're going to have stakeholders is if it's a subcontracted entity. Yeah. That's the only way. The only Subcon way subcontracted, subcontracted by the state. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Subcontracted by the state. That means that it would it would effectively be its own laboratory, and it would it would be its own standalone it's business private. and just conduct work for Idaho State. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's private. Yeah, if if that's what it if is, if that's what it is, yeah, right. But look, it what? says. So WVU and Florida International University's faculty provide assistance guidance. Okay. Where was that where it was talking about? What? So. What? Did it say any of the metrics? No, right here? nothing. It hasn't said nothing. Zero. None. J-Ray did say that she is going to send a couple articles that give some more information that she found. Yeah, I I put that up there just a second ago. Um, so, yes, we will pull that up. That is much, much, much appreciated. Yeah. Thank you, Riddler. Right. Yeah. I I know, Miss Miss Kelly. I'm asking the same questions. Like, okay, so where, where I have a big issue at is like, okay, this award sounds really great and everything, and it's really convenient during this time, okay? And again, I'm going back to, I, I don't want to go tin hat, hat here. I'm not looking to go tin hat here. I don't, I don't want to look at this and just automatically, you know, devalue what this award means to them. But in order for the people and, like they said, the customers or the stakeholders, whether it ends up being an actual owner in the lab or it ends up being taxpayers, 
the only way that you can be appreciated for something good that you're doing is if we understand and know exactly what you're doing good. If we don't know that, then how can we understand like how great of an achievement this is? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I, I don't, I have no clue. I have none. I, I might be able to look at their metrics or at least understand it. Right. So I feel like a way that they could have explained it is um, they're held to these standards here. How quickly you get through evidence for a case, how, how, how many times that evidence that you worked leads to a conviction or how much, how many times that evidence that you work leads to being used in the court hearing or case or trial. You know what I mean? What is Idaho national? Wait, what is this? Here, we'll finish this up. Yeah, go ahead. Partner with um, a university, West Virginia university, and they have evaluated us, looked at all of our business metrics and they have named us one of the, the most efficient laboratory systems in the world, operating within 90% of peak efficiency. So we're very pleased with that, and Idahoans can be very pleased knowing that their crime lab is making the most efficient use of their tax dollars. Wow, very impressive. And if folks are watching right now and they want to learn more, how can they do that? Our website is, has a vast amount of information. We, we try and put everything that we can on our website, everything from a laboratory tour to information about our methods and practices that we employ. Oh, lab tour. So we would encourage you to engage with us on our website and uh, learn more about the Forensic Science Week. Very, very cool. Very yeah. fascinating. All right, what Matthew, is their thank website? you so much for joining us here on the News at Four, and we'll be right back. Okay, so let's, let's figure it out. What is their website here? So... Um, Idaho State Forensics Lab website. That can't be it. Why? Just stateofidaho.gov? Okay, um, so this is what what is their website? Wait, what go to the bottom? What, what is that link? This is I'm assuming how the labs are broken up. They said they had three, right? So um one is in Coeur d'Alene, uh Meridian and Pocatello. I probably hacked that, sorry, Idahoans. Yeah, what so project. I want to introduce you here to Project Foresight. Uh, the Foresight... Uh, uh, yeah, I agree, CH. This website is not very user-friendly. At all. Material begins here at the College of Business and Economics website. Uh, so you can see this highlighted up above here, uh, business.wvu.edu. And this is in the research-outreach uh, slash uh, forensic dash business dash studies. It's get to the college. Of participation in foresight is voluntary. Each participating laboratory receives at no charge a detailed analysis of their performance relative to all ISO IEC 17025 accredited laboratories in the project. 
a, labor a participating laboratory must submit their data using the project's laboratory reporting analysis tool, LabRat, a Microsoft Excel-based tool. LabRat includes worksheets for the minimum data submission, level one, and optionally... Op yeah, optionally. More detailed data in level two. Level one data includes the number of cases submitted in each area of the investigation with the associated allocation of personal across personnel across those areas. The corresponding financial data requests the total salary and benefits in those areas of investigation and the total laboratory expenditures for capital equipment, consumables, and total remaining expenditures expenditures. The optional level two worksheets enable a more detailed report to each laboratory with the submission of greater detail within casework, personnel, and financials. And Ian, I just saw your email or not your email, your message come through <clears throat> on, uh, on discord, you guys. So if you guys are new here, you can join our discord. I will put that in the link here in just a second, but uh, yes, we found some incredible information with the Delphi case, you guys. So we're going to take a little, little side, little, little side trip wait, we're here. We're not going to wait till the video comes out? No, we are. We are. I, because I want to talk to his defense attorneys first. Um, so I'm, I'm not going to release that information. It's that good. It is literally that good. We found, and some, we found something. Yeah. Mal Malia did a lot of research into uh, a different theory, what it could be, who could be involved, what people are in the area and how, why, who, what, when, where, how. Um, all, all due to her research, I just was in my ADHD obsession, tunnel vision, you know, sitting here editing nonstop, my eyes glued to the computer and, uh, bam, it just popped, man. And, uh, I, I was able to connect some dots that, um, we've been wondering and wondering and wondering I've about trying to figure it out, obsessing. And then I'll, you know, it's funny as I was, I was in the bathroom all the way downstairs and I hear, oh, <gasps> and I was like, I'm, I'm about to hear running. I just know it. I'm just not about to hear running. <laughs> you came running. Yeah, it was too good. I, I just, was like, something just happened. And I don't know if it was good or bad, but. This this is how it happens with me. I If I want to figure something out, I have to try to not think about it and do something else. And then stuff starts moving in my head. I don't. I, it's probably just a symptom. You know what I mean? I can't help it. Yeah. I have to admit, I'm sure forensic labs get awarded all the time. However, I don't remember hearing about it if this lab wasn't involved in a high profile. It, yes, that we have question marks like that, too. And I think those are fair question marks, too. I don't think that that's even looking at this through a lens of doubt. I think that is a very, very, very fair thing to look at in this situation. You know, I always try and look at these situations and whatever my first thought is like, are, are we going to look at this from a, uh, from a, a, a side of doubt? Then am I looking at it bias, you know, or am I truly looking at this because there's some major question marks here? Yeah. Hey, Waterbug and Ron Reynolds, Chains. I don't know if I got to say hi to you. Gati, hello, American Princess. Welcome all. Um, J. Ray did say it is publicly funded. 
for sure. I was just looking into it. I believe so too. Um, I mean, I pretty positive. I couldn't find anything like super, super concrete. Like I think I, I did see case, uh, Miss Kelly, your comment about the exchange website. I haven't looked that up yet, but, um, so Ron Reynolds said, stakeholders will want to see profits as priority. And when we follow money trails, of course, we can question integrity along the trail. That's a good point. Yeah, the truth is definitely coming in the Delphi case. I I know it will. If it doesn't, then there's a reason for that, and it's not a good one. Not a good one at all. Hello, pub giant. Yeah, and and look if. If the evidence that we're talking about has weight to it, right? Because I, I want to be clear, even though I'm even though I'm saying we found some incredible evidence for the Delphi and it, it could literally create a break in the Delphi case, we weren't there, right? So everything is theory. Every it, the same thing cops do, unless a cop was there. Everything is theory, right? You got to put your theories to the test. You got to try and find evidence to back these theories and, and see if it makes sense. However, the current couple theories that are out there leave me with some big question marks by them, right? Um, and with the bodies and the sticks and all that other placement, I, I think that we figured out a theory that is more realistic and somewhere in the middle that uh, that makes sense. It makes a lot of sense, enough to where we're reaching out to the defense attorneys and uh, and letting them know what we found, right? And it is a very specific type of information that I think that a lot of people wouldn't have picked up, but because I used to hang out with troublemakers, guys that did a decade in prison, five years in prison all the time, you know, uh, mm -hmm. there was some additional knowledge that I have that isn't just your everyday knowledge, um, that helped us make that connection, you know? And, uh, it, the ultimate goal here is look, is it cool to come out with like this evidence as the first one finding it? I guess I, I'm not, I'm not one. I don't want to be one of those creators. That's like always fighting for that front spotlight, trying to get, no, that's not our goal. No, yeah. no. I would much rather know that, um, we helped get the right people in the right places, right? Whether that is a suspect, whether that is helping the victim's families, whether no matter what it is, I would rather come out with a video days after other people and, and know that we did something good and positive and, and we get to approach it from a positive standpoint than have to feel like we're always fighting other creators and people and stuff like that. You know what I mean? I don't know. That's just how I feel, but um, it's interesting stuff, man. It is interesting stuff. And it actually leans a little bit away from the cult stuff, you guys. So yeah, it leans away. Yes, Rumsey, it leans away from Richard Allen and it leans away from yep. like cult. Okay. Yep. 
like think of the traditional like you know the traditional idea of cult like a cult <laughs> ritualistic sacrifice it leans away from that yes <laughs> i have a sinus infection i'm sorry it's e it's either this or me sniffing every 30 seconds all right it's I'm not technically a snot rocket but <laughs> i'm sorry if it's offensive you guys um so this is interesting uh Clumsy Catwalk also said Authorm is a GoFundMe lab. And then Miss Kelly was looking at the stock exchange um, website and said Idaho National Labs found their stock info. Really? No way. How is that possible? So they so they're a private company then. What can a state business also have ties to a private business? Because they also are state funded. How is that possible? Well, I mean, the state can be a customer. But I, I believe they are also state funded, though. Like, well, yeah, they are the state Idaho can be a customer. So, like, okay, this is how it could work. It's called Idaho State Police Forensic Laboratory. Okay, so this is how it works. So uh, this is this is a true subcontraction. -con a subcontracting situation. So you have a business, okay? So um, <laughs> you need a visual representation. Yeah, of course. So you have your business, right? And this business is a publicly funded, uh, self-created um, LLC or corporation, okay? It could be either one of those things. It doesn't matter what it is. And uh, you get all your funding from the general public and from science and the government, like most of these, uh, most of these science type companies and businesses, things like that. But then you have Idaho State Police who come in and say, hey, your level of expertise is like at a 10 and we're only at a seven. So right now we're paying our uh, investigators uh, $1.5 million a year. Okay. So if we come to you and just give you the $1.5 million of a year, can you cut out 25% of your workforce and company to uh to be um to 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 manage our business and prioritize our business right and they could say yeah that's great we love 1.5 million guaranteed every year no matter what and then if we do uh if we get things you know, is stats where you want them? If we get the KPIs right, maybe there's bonuses on top of it, right? I, I don't know. I'm just coming up with ideas that I've seen in other businesses and things like that. So they could have agreed to that and signed a sub, uh, they could have subcontracted through them and given them, hey, you're going to get 25% of our workforce. You get this des designated lab that is cut off from the rest of the company, the rest of the building. It's secure. We got cameras. We got everything for you. And that is you, right? And then you can slap that title on it of Idaho State Forensics Department Lab Company, whatever you want to call it. It doesn't matter what you call it. Um, but yes, I, I think that would be okay. And then it's just an umbrella factor where you have the company. Let's just pretend it's called 
you know, Forensics 101. And then you have ISP under that umbrella for the Idaho State Forensics Laboratory. And then you have the other percentage of the business over here that is maybe college-based sciences and uh, and and personal sciences, you know, customers. Who knows what they're coming in there for? I'm trying to come up with things that people could be walking in there that need their <laughs> people for, you know what I mean? Oh, Michael said similar to Raytheon for the DOD. Yes, exactly. 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 Yes. The federal government is an awesome example to use because they subcontract out everything. They subcontract our own defense contracts out, you guys. Like we, I don't think a lot of people out there understand like how corporate we are. We are so corporate that our, our, protection of our federal government and citizens in this u.s is subcontracted to a private company oh my you know what i mean that's how corporate we are like when you look up the definition of corporation or corporate it's literally the u.s map so ian said that all the thoughts are trying to riot out of your nose they are (laughs) they are and i I agree with you, Ramsey. The Delphi case do- makes me sick too, man. It really does. Everything about it. That's why I was obsessing over it. I was like, I have to understand this. Like, because all this time, this five years, we've never gotten anything about the crime scene. They have never released a single detail. And now I feel like that was intentional. And that was the only way the defense felt like they could get it out there ahead of the trial. And I think they're going to have his case thrown out, if I'm being honest. I don't. I don't. It depends. It depends. Yep. It's it's, it's going to be a butterfly effect. So like either It could go either way. So I think people don't realize the implications that throwing out a case brings to people. Okay. So if the police and state throw out a case, whether it's the Idaho four, whether it is Delphi. Okay. Um, they better have another suspect ready to go. Otherwise it, they did it in Morphew. It's going to be a horrible outcome. Yeah. But that didn't have nearly the attention that these two cases have. This is got a this lot, is at a no, world scale. That might be considered national scale. This is on a whole world scale. A level of interest we haven't seen since John Bonet. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. It is going to be a case that is used in colleges. It is going to be a case that is used for training law enforcement. It is followed by so many people everywhere, all over the world, because it was such a heinous, disgusting, um, surprising crime. You know, nobody was ready for this. Nobody. Miss Kelly, you're definitely uncovering some stuff about the stocks. Um, yeah. so Red- you follow the money, man. Yeah. I'm telling Good you job. always. Good job, Miss Kelly. When Apple, I'm trying to catch up on a few comments. Riddler told you to do this recipe apple, peeled lemon, ginger, one teaspoon of honey. Uh. And then somebody said add garlic, which I know garlic. Lopan said add garlic, which I know that is like a natural and like it has antibiotic, antimicrobial, like, like strong. Like yeah. effects, like very strong. 
You but know, I've literally raw. it has to be raw. I've I've literally heard somebody say that when you have a sinus infection, if you garlic. stick gar like a clove of garlic up your nose, that you're you only have to do it for a little bit and then it will be fixed. It burns though bad. Does it? Garlic burns, yes. No spray. Miss Kelly said, I worked for insurance company that didn't go public until very late in the game. I'm talking a hundred years since they're an old company. It took years for us to learn the SEC rules regulations. So I'm wondering. Yeah. And stocks are my game. You guys like, yeah, Brendan's into stocks. I, I don't understand that at all. Like I'm not a numbers or money person. Uh, you know, I got straight A's, but <laughs> I was more of like an English lit history. Um, I wrote poems in high school. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was Stocks are person. my strong suit. So He's like the numbers person. What what the SEC works for in these situations is your company was that insurance company was probably just a little bit afraid and not understanding exactly how it works because the secs fines you guys are so little they are so tiny that no one cares about sec fines because they're going to pull 150 million dollars from an illegal trade from uh illegal information that they should have never got and only pay you know a 2 million dollar fine after netting 148 million dollars like that's how it works hmm. you know okay um Yes, Lockheed, Boeing, General D. Chief said, stupid question. What exactly are we trying to figure out in regards to this? Trust me, I'm fascinated. Just curious. I missed the first video. Sorry. Um, I So it was brought up originally with... J-Ray in the, in the chat. Yeah. Be, so J-Ray sent it to us. And we were curious if the timing has to do with the Idaho 4 case, right? Because uh, it, basically what it feels like is it's going to come down to the battle of experts. You're going to have the state or the prosecution who's going to have their expert and then the defense who's going to have their expert. Now, when they go to stand, obviously they're going to say different things. And that's that's one thing I wanted to say about that video too, about the, uh, the wireless video. So many people responded saying stuff like, Oh, that's not how that works. That, that you're not an expert. You're not this, whatever. But like people need to understand that when you're an expert, normally you have your own separate opinion and experts have different opinions. There is not one truth. Unfortunately, I wish there was. So back to my example, you're going to have the state and then you're going to have the defense. And let's say it's on why let's say it's on cell signal. Okay. And the state is going to have their cell signal expert. That's going to go up on the stand and say, Oh yeah, this this is one of the best uh, locators that I've ever seen. We know exactly where he's at. This is clearly stalking behavior. It's He was clearly sitting right outside of 1122. We can tell everything from this. And let me give you my expert opinion on why, right? And then you're going to have the defense expert come up there and say, 
absolutely not. There is no way that you can tell anything about where he's at. And the, the only, the only little bit you'll be able to tell where he's at is like within four football fields. Okay. Within 1200 feet or whatever it comes out to, or 16. Yeah. 1200 feet. Um, so he could be at 1122 or he could be on Main Street getting food or be at the vegan store buying vegan food to take home or whatever. And let me give you my expert opinion on why. You know what I mean? Unfortunately, experts, there, there isn't a one size fits all. You know, it's not a this or a that. It's it's who knows. It's whoever's the best salesperson. Honestly, I, I think that's why I like court and lawyers and law so much because like dude, they're salespeople. Yeah. Some of the best lawyers, they're the best because they grandstand the best, you know? For real. Um, so that is super funny. The lab director's name is Gamut. Super funny. <laughs> um, Delphi, we're kind of going back and forth right now, American Princess. We're talking about some information that we're actually trying to get to the defense of Richard Allen right now. We're not going to talk about it, but we're just kind of mentioning it. Um, yeah, so, getting people excited for it. I I I feel like that could be the case too, Rumsey, that Richard Allen could go down for a group. Yeah. Um so Yeah, understand that this evidence too, uh, I think it's very possible, and we've talked about this a couple times. Like the evidence we have of what type of crime this was and how people found the motive or want or desire to do this to two little girls that should have never had this happen to them um you know it could include richard allen he yeah. could be a part of it it is totally possible you know yeah that's true too zinc is good for this um it's not hay fever it's his addiction to no spray he is a he, he probably has um AS. man we appreciate An infection <laughs> yeah we appreciate your service my friend yeah that's wow wow absolutely 20 years is a long time so um it is 20 years the standard when you can retire right from uh from the military i think so i think i think you get early retirement so you can retire you can at like 50 retirement. something maybe i'm wrong i think i'm wrong i think, I think you I'm can doing retire my earlier than that can't you no no not not with enough income to live off of okay yeah okay yeah i'm trying to remember when my uncle retired because he was in the military his whole working life well um, we appreciate your service riddler and anybody else that is military and watches us we appreciate your service too yeah michael too um because i know you're a vet yes Ramsey, yes i i was a little poet <laughs> i really was um Skunk Works. What is Skunk Works? Oh gosh. I don't know. You don't what that know what is. Skunk Works is. Oh, we aren't even gonna get no, into that. I don't know but, where my tin hat is. Okay, we'll get into it laser. Later, laser. Later. <laughs> laser. I was trying to look up some former skunks I knew earlier this morning. No way. Now I'm so curious. We gotta talk about it, that at some point. <laughs> it's just weaponry. Okay. It's it's weaponry and rockets. Uh, I'm pretty sure. I, I think it's more heavily weaponry for rockets, but I could be wrong. I forget what their what their exact specialist what they exactly specialize in. I think it's propulsion rockets, I think, or something like that. 
propulsion weaponry rockets, maybe? Okay, yeah. That's the minimum oh. natural re requirement, 20 okay. years. Michael had 25. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. I was like this close to going in the military, you guys. <laughs> I, I, I honestly wish I would have at times, um, but I really? just... I, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. I didn't know that. Yeah. What? Yes. You knew that I was like literally a hair away from going like Casey thought a week away from basic 20 years old. That's oh. what she thought he meant. Um, yeah, I was going army. Oh yeah. He said, that's a hole. Skunk works. That's a hole. Been there, done that. <laughs> I don't see Amanda yet, Casey. Not yet. She's She's been about coming in about an hour in. Um, I'm assuming she's just been busy. Yeah. She'll, she'll be in here, I bet. She usually is. Okay, so skunks builds and engineers planes. Okay. Okay. Okay, yeah, skunks work. Yeah, with DARPA, too. DARPA. That's right. That's right. Okay. Yeah, I don't know now where I'm my tin hat is. <laughs> You'll know what it is, like... Everyone knows what it is, even if you don't remember the name. Ashley Ashley said, hope you feel better. Oh, I appreciate that. It's just nasal pain right now. So okay. we're just talking about ISP, Ashley. Um, they received an award. Michael sent that article oh, yeah. about them moving. Yeah. Um, and I know Jay Ray was supposed to be sending some stuff. I'd don't know if it's we will yet. hop over here so what is not that okay <laughs> not bananas <laughs> that's the weird david david dobrik thing oh okay so this is that gotcha 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 yeah okay. that they're moving oh okay so interesting which one is it though you located on isu campus huh so they had one on, in Moscow, like during the murders, they had a pathology lab. So does that, is that where the night sheet was, or, was originally tested? Did yep. he for real ever go in there? Because this is something I've been thinking about a that lot. That we asked. Is, is his DNA present in the lab because he's been in there? Hey, Annie. How's, uh, how's the internet so yeah, far? Yeah, is your internet better? Oh, it's doing good so, so far. Good. Um, yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. I, okay. We're, we're, we're jumping confused. to conclusions. We here. are. Okay. Thank you, Jay Ray. It's in Bannock County. So, um, so where's it moving to? Oh, you're looking at Bannock County. What town is it? I, don't, I that's uh Pocatello, Poca, okay. Pocatello. So that was on the website. Okay. That then remember yep. we saw that it was like the bottom right. Yep. 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 So where are they moving to? Okay. So. 
Pocatello, the proposed East Idaho Forensic Pathology Center's future home will no longer be located on the campus of Idaho State University. Bannock County Commissioner Jeff Hugh Ho on Friday confirmed to the Idaho State Journal that the facility will no longer be on the ISU campus. Weird. Uh, the confirmation comes after the facility, which is slated to serve 17 counties, experienced setbacks and delays. However, both Ho and fellow Bannock County Commissioner Ernie Moser said they are confident the project will indeed move forward. Who Ho declined to confirm where the new facility will be located. It's moving ahead, he said. We're hoping to have the final green light within the next two weeks. It was a move to Bannock County worked with Idaho State University in making. According to a statement from Emma Ianico, gosh, these last names, man, spokeswoman for <laughs> Bannock County, we are excited about the direction we're taking with the new location of the Eastern Idaho Forensic Pathology Center, EIFPC, because it allows us to maintain an educational partnership with ISU and build the facility at a lower cost. According to the statement, ISU support and assistance have been vital to the success of this endeavor. We appreciate their collaboration efforts. We look forward to continuing to build our partnership with ISU and the educational opportunities the center will offer. Idaho State University Kevin Satterley also confirmed the university did not lose money in its preparation for the project since the center will no longer be located on campus. Huh. Interesting. I'm assuming. How far is this? I wonder where did the evidence go to? Does anyone know just off the top of their heads uh, where the uh, Idaho 4 evidence went to? Which lab? I'm going to try and look it up here. There's Amanda. <laughs> Somebody, I forgot who it was already, was asking where you were, Amanda, <laughs> if you were in the chat. So it was this lab. Oh, it did go to this one. It looks like it. A DNA sample from trash recovered from no. the Koberger family. Oh, yeah. It's talking about Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You read that You're wrong. Right. You're right. I did. I did. Where did the sheath go? You know, it's funny. I was just watching the new 48 Hours episode. It's a it's the game show and then the murder or whatever about the lady in Quincy, Illinois, which is Sorry. weird to me because I have family that lives in that area. So <laughs> it's like it's really strange. But the the they thought they really think it's the husband. And there's some like heavy hitting evidence against him. But in the 48 Hours, there were tons of crime scene photos. Like where the police no physically, physically got up on the roof, showed how the person would get up on the roof, how they would break into the window. They showed pictures of broken stuff all in the house from the crime scene. Um, and I'm just thinking, you know, there's so many cases where we get so much information. Like we get 911 calls. We get crime scene photos, like yeah. maybe not of the body or anything, but of like things around like where the person would have broken or where this would have happened. You know what I'm saying? And in the Koberger case, we get next to nothing. Like everything that we've gotten 
has been either speculation, anonymous tips. It's come from the documents people have had to go research themselves. It's like, it's just so many, I don't know. I just don't like it. I don't like how secretive it is. Yeah, I, I think that's what everyone has a problem with. Yeah. Ashley. Um, but when you compare it to other cases, it the difference is stark. I, it's so agreed. stark. I agree. And you're a mind reader, Ashley, because that is literally the video I just got done editing. So. Right. We. Yeah, we just we just said that, and uh, I think Miss Kelly's talking about it too. We don't know. We don't know if there's any chance he could have visited the crime labs, but um, that was our big question. It's a though. huge possibility in yes, my mind. Yes, I agree. I agree because when I was doing research on the DNA uh, expert video, which obviously I'm I'm not an expert in DNA, but I was reading expert documents. I was reading. Uh, tests that they did uh, so that we could create an expert-ish type video. Um, that That's what they talked about is all the potential ways that you could get cross-contamination when uh, doing a DNA test, you know, D DNA fingerprinting. And uh, there are a lot of non-fraudulent ways and there are a lot of fraudulent ways too, you know. The case that is going to come out for that we just recorded of contamination uh, in a lab, I know, is insane. I know it's so it is crazy to where they literally thought there was a serial killer. I know because they kept getting this DNA and then come to find out they were contaminating their own evidence. Yeah, don't the give whole it away, time. I'm not giving it away. But it's nuts. I just couldn't believe it. It is one of the craziest stories I've ever seen. So the sheath went to the same place the knife went? What do you mean, Rumsey? <laughs> there is no knife. Shh. Now Meridian. my lips smell like honey. Wait, why do I keep seeing Meridian? What does that mean? Uh, are you guys talking about the 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 company or that's the location it went to yeah okay okay yeah i think one of them was meridian crime lab right yeah people kept blowing it up yep oh you fell asleep amanda well i'm glad you're here yep it was casey <sighs> looking for you what yeah she's been asking. she's been yelling I, at you. I appreciate it though like you got if I'm not hearing something or seeing something, I'm the first one to tell people. Like if we're if if you got my phone number and you're trying to get a hold of me, I am not one of those people that's like, God, you're blowing me up. Please blow me up, man. Okay, Miss Kelly. So is that what Don Daniel said? Was that it was Meridian? Apartment evidence was sent to. Hmm. Oh, Rumsey, Quincy's 40 minutes from where you graduated high school. That's crazy. Yeah. This one? No, it's just I wanted to read it so you didn't go. Yeah. Yes, we do want evidence we can see. Seriously. I just have uh, something in it now. <clears throat> so it'll hold the pressure. <laughs> Who's to say he didn't touch the sheath? I agree with you. I agree with you. I think that is a very honest, upfront, straightforward question. And, you know, I keep going back to coming, falling in the middle on this topic, you guys. So 
I feel like there's two, there's this or that thinking out there with almost everything in this case, you know? And, um, like what I mean by that is if you're online, you're either watching a content creator or part of, or for the most part, feel like, um, the knife sheath is fraud or it it's not, you know, and, and, it could be that there's some kind of explainable cross-contamination reason that we're just not even seeing yet and not understanding yet, like him being in that area. Um, is it totally possible that it's fraudulent? Absolutely. All day long, it's totally like possible. Like he was an intern? Like possibly? he was an intern, yep. And that's why one of the questions I have with, uh, like, if we're leaning on the fraudulent side of things, is... That DNA evidence, if you guys look at the picture, I highlighted that for a reason. Is that DNA evidence and swab ever left alone in the lab? Is it under a camera 100% of the time because of, here, let me switch back over to what they're looking at, because the knife sheath was reportedly sent for testing at a startup in Texas after initial testing at the lab in Idaho could not find anything. What does a startup? Could not find anything. What is a startup? What is that? <laughs> Here, I wanted to highlight this. Yeah, I know, Rumsey. And his internet searches are nuts. They're ridiculous. <laughs> I that made me think it was him. Who? The Quincy case. You haven't seen it yet. No. But like in the beginning of the 40 hours, I really didn't think it was him. By the end, I did <laughs> think it was him. I, I did. And I really I mean it. I mean it. You know, when I'm in a company too, I even I even tell my boss and people around me, like, dude blow me up because i it's i'm never i'm never you guys in i'm never the type of person that's like oh i'm not willing to do that she's asking too much i'm i'm a super optimistic go-getter type person so if, if something's not getting done or i'm ignoring someone it's literally just because i'm not seeing it and i'm not realizing it so i always tell everyone blow me up man i'm the same exact way too um ashley we live in illinois chicago Look up, wait, Brendan, look up the article Authentication of Forensic DNA Samples by Dan Frumpkin. Okay. Authentication of DNA Samples by Dan Frumpkin. Yep. Mm, Jacksonville, I know it very well, Rumsey. This here. This one. Is it this one, CH? Oh, okay. Hey, Slayer. Where? Sorry, we just got to those messages. What's up? Hello, hello. Um, I was saying Don Daniel says exactly where his apartment evidence was sent to and says... In case the DNA is not okay to be used, what was that about? Who says this in a sworn statement? Right. Right. 
Yes, I agree with you. There has been a shroud of secrecy the entire time. And look, like, uh, I feel like part of the reason that a lot of people have major questions and or distrust of law enforcement, whether it's in this situation, whether it's in another situation, or whether it's in general, is because of things like this that we're seeing where we have law enforcement or statements being made by law enforcement or statements being made and highlighted for the general public to see um, that... Uh, that uh, that have major questions by them that don't make sense. You know what I mean? And uh, it, look, people are going to make mistakes. There's no way around that. There's no way to avoid that. So in a situation where a police officer makes a mistake, you know how much more I personally would respect them if they just came out and, and said, hey, look, we made this mistake. Hey, look, we made... Uh, somebody picked up the wrong thing. Somebody did this wrong. Somebody did that wrong. And we just move forward from there. I, I don't know about you guys, but I personally would be able to just drop it and move forward because the ultimate goal in any case or situation is that the law enforcement catches a suspect, catches the right guy, right? And if a mistake's made that causes them to make it take longer than it should have or delay whatever, then, uh, you know, apologize fix it move forward with a plan like yeah maybe that's just my corporate america experience i don't know yeah uh we're not originally from illinois i no. i have a mixture of accents though like i'm originally from california lived in tennessee a long time lived in illinois for a while so i probably have a mix of accents i'm from california bro so jerry said i'm telling you don daniels pulled some sketch beep beep too yep. if you ask me like i tried to slide the inventory under the door but i couldn't fit it so i had to go back in unaccompanied which dock is this from you guys do you know which dock this is from like is it on the idaho website hey trisha Subrin impersonating uh, oh, walrus. <laughs> That's so funny that is funny oh my gosh you need a star just for that comment. We totally could have met. I'm all over the place. I've been in sales my whole career. So like I meet a lot of people every day. A lot of people every day. Yeah, you do. Yep. If you own a business anywhere, you may have met him. <laughs> yep. <laughs> does, Don, does Don Daniel have bushy eyebrows? right no there were not bloody sheets in his room it was two little blood drops on like his pillowcase like yep. he had a pimple or cut himself shaving yeah they haven't found anything with it either yeah we ha i haven't i don't think i've looked into that that's why i was asking which document it was email you sent yesterday i haven't checked the email yesterday or today because we've been like editing and you know it, the weekends are usually really busy on the super pre-record like podcast end so but i will look casey yeah absolutely yeah it was just a couple blood spots it wasn't like Jay Ray saying, it was most likely his i never saw if uh if this is the right article so here 
Uh, authentication of forensic DNA samples. Abstract. Over the past 20 years, DNA analysis has revolutionized forensic science and has become a dominant tool in law enforcement. Today, DNA evidence is the key to the is a key is key to the conviction or exoneration of suspects of various types of crimes from theft to R to M. However, the disturbing possibility that the DNA evidence can be faked has been overlooked. It turns out that standard molecular biology techniques such as PCR, molecular cloning, and recently developed whole genome application WGA enable anyone with basic equipment and know-how to produce practically unlimited amounts of in vitro synthesized artificial DNA with any desired genetic profile. Wow. What? This artificial DNA can then be applied to surfaces of objects or incorporated into genuine human tissues and planted into crime scenes. Planted in crime scenes. Here we show that the current forensic procedures fail to distinguish between such samples of blood, saliva, and touch surfaces with artificial DNA and corresponding samples with in vivo generated natural DNA. Furthermore, the genotype of both artificial and natural samples with profile with profiler plus R yielded full profiles with no anomalies. In order to effectively deal with this problem, we developed an authentication assay which distinguishes between natural and artificial DNA based on methylation analysis of a set of gen genomic loci, loci in natural <laughs> DNA. Some loci are methylated and others are unmethylated, while in artificial DNA, all loci are unmethylated. The assay was tested on natural and artificial blood samples saliva and touch surfaces with complete success adopting an authentication assay for casework samples as part of the per forensic procedure is necessary for maintaining the high credibility of dna evidence in the judiciary system what whoa ch you're the yeah that's wild oh my god that is wild but but just they can clone your dna yeah but 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 um, they make it sound like it's super easy, like you could go in your garage and get this done. But is it really that easy? You know what I mean? Super strange. Molecular. I definitely want to look into this more for sure. Yeah, his life is real. Here, I'll post Un the. Unfortunately, I'm going to post the discord. Hang on. Hang on, hang on. Oh my gosh, you changed your picture on Discord to the taped eyebrows. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Of course. If you guys want to see the taped eyebrows, go to Discord. <laughs> By the way, I did post the link to the Delphi um, memorandum in the Discord. Wait for it. You're just going to click every link. Yeah, I don't remember where it is. I have an invite code that's supposed to like never expire. Um, 
Hang on, hang on. I think I'm in the wrong area, actually. That's what I'm saying. Discord is there we go. way too complicated. Wait, there we go. What? That's one that expires, though. There we go. Wait, no. Go to expire after and see if you can... Never. There you go. Yep. That is ridiculously complicated. Uh, yeah. Okay, here we go, guys. Bam. There we go. Okay. So this is crazy. This is super crazy. I I still was curious to find the ISP lab that does the walkthrough. I really wanted to see the walkthrough and what it looks like. Did you not? Uh, Discord link in the chat, Ashley. Ashley, uh, what did you ask me? Um, wait, Don't. what did I ask you? <laughs> no. What? Um. Oh no. I wanted to see the walkthrough of the Idaho State Police Forensics Oh, like lab. he said you could? Yeah. But then they don't have, like, anything on the website? Um... Wait, what do we got here? Oh, all these are like two years ago. Look, Crime Lab, Nampa, Idaho. What? I don't think that's it. This is nothing like what we've seen in the past. You're talking about the walkthrough. Their okay. website... Go just google idaho state police forensic laboratory go to the idaho state police website idaho state website there's got to be a link on there somewhere there's not idaho state police forensic lab blah 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 yeah, Jaira said you can. She did it. She's going to email the link right now. Okay. Awesome. Ashley said she tagged us on Twitter. All right. To help make a list of facts. Uh, pertaining to the Koberger case, Ashley? That's awesome. Yeah, the Discord server would be good for that, too. You can also use it on desktop if you have a computer. What? Oh, there it is. Okay, hang on. 
Hang on, hang on. Violet, are you asking if Discord's like Zoom? What the heck was that noise? Uh, something outside, I think. Um, it's like it's more like a chat. A lot of gamers used it, and now everyone uses it. It's it's just a chat. Um, there are voice hangouts where you could like just sit there and like talk on like a microphone, like on your phone. But it's like a a chat. Yeah, it's like a voice chat. Yeah, I have never done it yet. Yeah, but... we're we were thinking of doing it for the stream and stuff. Okay, so expenses and revenue. Yeah, we're all learning together. Me, Amanda, J Ray, all very confused. Okay, <laughs> but we're learning how to use Discord together. Oh, wow. What is that? Like a 10% increase annually? What's the stack app? Um, Substack. Substack has a lot of really good uh, different people posting to it, but we don't have a Substack. Chief asked about the university of idaho university of phoenix by we covered we that a little that? bit yeah do but we post that video i think so but we we just haven't gone any deeper on that yeah. topic uh because we're waiting to see what comes of it now politicians and everyone was talking about how bad of an idea it is, how they should stay away from it, how they should walk away from that deal that they're setting themselves up for failure. And uh, it looked like they were going to go ahead with it anyways, which in my opinion is crazy. You're almost like creating enemies doing that, you know, when your politicians are suggesting you don't, I don't know why. I mean, I think they did it to, to try. It's. I think it's for money. I think it's for money reasons. It makes it so that it basically gives them, you know, the ability to have students anywhere. And that is a lot of money. The projected numbers on it, like, they're, they're estimating they'll make, how much was it? Like, it was the same amount that they'd have to pay in the loans is how much they'd be making every year. Mm -hmm. So it didn't cost them anything, basically. Yeah, we were trying to figure out how to use Discord and we were going to make a members, uh, like for the members, uh, a members only one so that like maybe you guys could like hop on here. And yeah, talk. we will. Yeah, that's a plan. We just don't know how to link it yet. Or did you figure no, that out? I, I can make it. I just haven't had time to do it yet. Okay. I'm just, oh gosh, I'm trying to find this video, this walkthrough. Yeah, the that whole thing is interesting, though. And we did cover it on the podcast. There's, I think there's a video out there about it. Strange. What are you trying to do? What are you trying to do? He said that there was a video of a walkthrough and Jay Ray sent the link. Go to contact of the video. I yeah, she sent the video of the walk or the link to the walkthrough. Oh, thank you, Jay Ray. 
Yes, yes. Brendan's over here struggling. <laughs> oh, is this what we were watching earlier here? Oh, you just didn't get far enough in the video? Okay, here. Is that what it is? That's definitely not it. No, that's not. But maybe it's this one that Jay Ray said. I'm not sure. It's the same thing. No, it's the same guy. Huh. Yeah, that's really strange. That is really strange. Did they take it down, Jay Ray? I'm confused. Huh. All right. What was the other Idaho topic that I wanted to talk about? There was another one that we were thinking about talking about. So the DNA is an incredible topic. And oh man, one thing. So for anybody that's on here, you guys, this is this is our Twitter handle. It's not this is this handle is the only one because it doesn't have enough characters for it to be Thought Riot Podcast. The only. Okay. Hey, did you guys see the short? How funny that was? Watch. Make sure you go comment on it. Wait. What are you doing? Starting it over. This was so quick. Three billion of those base pairs, okay? That's amazing. But, but... And this is a huge, 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 huge butt. I love big butts. And I cannot lie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Three billion of those base pairs, okay? But I thought it but, was good. And this is a huge we were like on the same same wavelength there, man. It just finished the sentence. What were you thinking about butts when you said that? And I can't lie. <laughs> uh J Ray said, hold on, that okay. she's gonna send another. But um, Trisha made an interesting comment up here. Hey, Trisha. Did you know U of I wrecked $55 million from the state of our agriculture a week before the murders? That's strange. So is that uncommon? Or is it an annual payment? Or is it a... Uh... Every five-year payment, um, you should look that up. At least that write that on the notes so that we can dig into that a little bit deeper. Okay. You know? Yeah. Let's see if there's anything on here. So Idaho State Forensics Lab Tour. No. Yeah, everyone's saying that financially the it was a super bad idea for them to buy it. 
Yeah. I mean, it doesn't make sense. They're going to add a whole bunch of problems, but you guys, their, um, their numbers are way down still. They have not bounced back like normal. Their year over year, uh, student body is down like over 20%. So if I was the college, I would be concerned too. But if you can set up your loans in a situation where essentially you're getting this business for free, because part of the deal is that you get given this, you know, let's just pretend that their annual cost is 1.5 mil. Obviously it's way more than that. But let's just say it's 1.5 mil and they get that in income from the student enrollment. Then they just take that 1.5 and put it directly back into the payment of that school. And, uh, and it doesn't cost anything. I think they just wanted it there as backup. I think that they were having... Some major concerns thinking about uh, the the police force there and their capabilities and what they're able to do. Wow. So this has n like. Nothing. Across <laughs> Idaho is Jay increasing just significantly. But what happens to those through. drugs once they're seized? KPVI News that works for you. Journalist Kylie Gibson answers that question Look, in a special report. Kylie. This is Thanks, Misty. It. I spoke yeah, to the director of the earlier. Idaho State Police you Forensic did? Lab yeah. who gave me an exclusive tour of the lab and Why its process. Because it? I didn't see anything in there Across that was... Idaho, the rise in fentanyl cases and overdose deaths has increased significantly. But what happens... Something we can do with our narcotics if we can, field test it. Um, okay, so let's get on this oh and now you get oh, wait a minute what page not found isp page not found is that for the walkthrough jay ray like the actual walkthrough okay let's see this now we want need to walk through presumptive positive test so somebody can be charged or arrested with, with this. Um, if we can't do that, or we don't do that at the time, um, bring him back to the department. He gets weighed, documented um, by photographs, and put in reports, and then we package it for the lab. There are three forensic processing labs across the state of Idaho. One in Coeur d'Alene, one in Meridian, and one here in Pocatello. Once it gets to the lab... So start to finish, it's gonna come into our front office area, be... Um, be taken in by our evidence staff. Then it will be transferred to an analyst. All of this done through a secure chain of custody. We have to make sure that the, the evidence passes person to person or person to a facility um, so that we know exactly where that evidence is at all times. Okay. When it gets to the analyst, they will do, is, usually they'll do. Is DNA handled that same way? Because this is, they're talking about dope here, right? But yeah. is DNA handled? A facility um, so that we know exactly where that evidence is at all times. When it gets to the analyst, they will do, usually they'll do some presumption. Start to finish, it's going to come into our front office area, be, um, be taken in by our evidence staff. Then it will be transferred to an analyst. All of this done through a secure chain of custody. We have to make sure that the, the evidence okay, passes person to person or person to a facility um, so that we know exactly where that evidence is at all times. 
when it gets to the analyst, they will do, usually they'll do some presumptive tests, some screening Hello, tests Moonvale. on that to give them an idea of what it might be. And then awesome. they'll do some instrumental tests to be able to determine exactly what it is. Those are what we call confirmatory tests. And to do that testing they use? So we have a lot of really expensive equipment here in this laboratory. We've invested millions of dollars recently. Uh, we have what we call GCMS, gas chromatograph mass spectrometer instruments. We use those quite a bit. Those are generally used when they're mixed substances. Um, it takes a little bit longer than some of the other instruments that we have. But specifically to fentanyl, generally those are the instruments that we're going to be using for solid dose drugs. Once the testing has identified what the drug is, it is packaged up and sent back to the submitting law enforcement agency. In Bannock County alone, 134 people died from an opioid overdose in 2019. In 2020, that number was 164. God. And last year, 353 people died of an overdose, a 163% increase in just three years. The Pocatello Forensic Lab alone has seen a significant increase in fentanyl coming into their lab. This laboratory has seen 410. You can expect that this is one of our smaller laboratories. So the Meridian Laboratory is certainly seeing more cases than that. Coeur d'Alene also seeing you know, maybe the same number of cases. So statewide, there's a lot of cases out there. And we were seeing in the, in the tens several years ago. So this has been dramatic increase in fentanyl. And local law enforcement agencies are seeing other drugs no being mixed way. with fentanyl. No, meth and, and the fentanyl. So, okay, I'm glad you said that. Co and, read the comment out loud. Yeah, so right now the state of Idaho does not have any laws requiring evidence to be preserved in a murder case. This means legally it can be destroyed. So I'm glad you said that. So the newest video that I brought to the podcast this week, which is the pre-recorded podcast, which I, I'm trying really hard to have this done so that we can uh, go over it tomorrow. Worst case situation, we're going to go over it on Wednesday, okay? Um, but it is a deep dive into, like, DNA and like how that's changed, how many people have been saved by uh, DNA nationally. It's been over 600 people have been saved, like tens, twenties, thirties, four, a whole bunch have been taken off a of death row. Okay. Now, while I was doing the research, I was looking into, okay, well, how does that necessarily work? How does a criminal know if there was DNA involved in their case, what if they want to get their DNA tested again? And what really sucks in those situations is you have to fit this perfect storyline, like check every box to be able to have the DNA in a case retested. Exactly like what you're saying, CH, where uh, they can get rid of that evidence instead of holding it somewhere to be retested at a later time. To me, that sounds criminal. That sounds criminal to me. Why wouldn't we keep this DNA that has convicted someone to life behind bars just in case something changed, just in case something happened? And did you guys know too – well, I'll save it. I'll save it for the conversation that we'll have later. But um, do you feel like that's right? That they can just destroy it? No. Me neither. Because you have somebody who, like Gabriel Vargas or another expert who can reprocess the DNA 
um, who is really good at it. And because there's a possibility they're not getting it right. There's a possibility they could read somebody's DNA and it'd be wrong. It'd be the totally wrong person. It depends on, you know, how good of a sample it is. If it is degenerated in any kind of way, if it is mixed with any other person's DNA, anything like that, it can come up as a totally wrong person. Yeah. Yeah. And also, you guys, every DNA profile is submitted at a percentage of likelihood. So what's really interesting is, you know, you had the FBI came out and said that, hey, Brian Koberger is connected to this DNA out of a one in 5.37 octillionth of a chance. Okay. That's essentially as good as you can get. Um, and, uh, that that's literally impossible. That is not, that's not a possible number. That's not realistic. Um, more than likely what they should have came out with and said is like, so there you guys here, let me pull up a picture. I can't describe it without showing you. Hang on one second. Okay, so this is the bar, right? And I'm not going to go into it any more in depth than this because we're going to be talking on this subject later this week. But this is the bar, right? So nobody's, it's literally impossible to have a perfect lineup. That is not possible. What they do is come up with a likelihood and chance of it being the person. And yes, they will compare it. They don't have to do it, you know, by eyeball, like eyeballing it anymore. Like they used to, they used to literally have to put two pieces together, uh, under a, a light table and see which ones match and then give that as evidence. They don't have to do that anymore, but there are no two identical people out there. So, um, when you're working with DNA, you're never going to have a perfect sample. Rarely, rarely, rarely you could, I guess, but more than likely some, something is going to degenerate pieces of it, whether during the testing, whether it's a half sample, whether it's whatever. So when they end up submitting it to the court, what they end up doing is submitting a percentage hood or one out of uh, whatever. Right. And I'll give an example. So there was a case in Florida where they submitted the percentage of likelihood to the judge and it was literally one in two. So half of the people on earth could have been this DNA profile. So you mean 50%? Yeah. A one in two chance. One out of every two people will match this DNA profile based on the information that I have currently. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good night, Riddler. Appreciate yeah, you. Yeah, good night, Riddler. Yeah, that's right, Michael. They can keep 30-year-old DNA. <laughs> 6.66 October. That's fine. A cold case. Why not preserve them all? So, um, they have very strict laws around 
retesting DNA. I, it was really depressing looking into that. Honestly, when I was reading it, I had no idea. I am not an expert in DNA. I knew basically what I learned in sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, whatever grade. Right. Uh, so I had to reteach myself all these things again that I had forgot or didn't know about since the, there's been a bunch of evolution in DNA technology, the different test types, all that good stuff. Um, but to find out that the laws are set up in a way where um, criminals can't request a secondary test from a lab of their choosing or they aren't allowed to pay for it. Like you can't let's say one of you got convicted based on DNA evidence and you didn't do it right. And the state is holding this evidence and they're like, no, we don't let people test again within a six month period, within a year period, within a five year period, your family can't come forward and say, that's okay. That's cool. State. I got it. I'm going to pay for it. We're going to pick the lab. We just need you to uh, securely release it and, and ship it and get it sent over to that lab. We're going to cover all the costs. They will not do it. So depressing, dude. Yeah, so it depressing. absolutely is. And that that's the point. That is the whole point, Amanda. If that number is bigger than the number of people on Earth... <laughs> Doc, tell you like number. collectively, right? That's what she's yeah. saying. Yeah, every person that's ever been born on the earth, we aren't even half that, we aren't even a quarter of that, we aren't anywhere close to that. Here, let me show you guys what Noctilian is. Okay, yes, and I think Ann Taylor is a BA too. <laughs> Here, she so this is she, it, you guys. I hope it's, she really kills it. It's five. Three seven oh 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 what am I at one two so million billion trillion quad so five so I need three more one two three one two three one two three that is the number you guys right there do you see this do you see how absurd that is? It's tiny, but yeah, it's really long. That is it. <laughs> what? That's insane. Hey, I don't want to go too far off subject, but Anne asked if we saw the cows. We haven't checked the email this weekend because we've been really busy with editing and everything with the podcast, but I just checked to see your cows and there's a little baby cow oh, and it's so cute it is <clears throat> that's awesome just the mama you know and i'm so glad they get to be together because at farms and stuff a lot of times they take the baby away from the yeah. mom and it makes me so sad you know uh annie has um some haunted places right at her house too. well that's what she's saying that yeah. you can hear screaming in cars in a tunnel that aren't there Gosh, that's terrifying, Ann. Yeah. Spooky. This is... This is such an insane number. I just don't understand it. I don't get it. I don't understand how they came up with that number. And I'm not going to spill the beans, you guys, but that video that's going to be coming out, I mathematically proved... Now, I guess I should... 
say I, I'm not an expert. So maybe there's other variables and factors that I'm not taking into account. But if there's not, uh, I was able to mathematically prove that this is impossible. This number, it's impossible. Wait, they just wandered into your yard, Anne? <laughs> the cows? Okay, so where were we on? Well, I'm glad you're not scared of the, the ghosts, and that's good. I would be freaked out unless I knew they were like nice ghosts. Oh, yeah, right here. Okay. I want to... All the biggest things that we deal with right now. Okay. Um, sometimes fentanyl can be intermixed with the meth. That's not uncommon right now. Um, but we've also had marijuana that has turned up and has tested positive for fentanyl as well that's bad most of the fentanyl that we deal with is in pills so we're looking for pills and you know the byproducts of those fentanyl is a synthetic opioid that was originally used as an elephant tranquilizer it is up to 50 times stronger than heroin and 100 times more potent than morphine our concern is that this is on the street when we're seeing it come in from the officers this is stuff that's available this is stuff that they're confiscating out of cars and out of schools and other things so when that's going on and we know that we're only getting a representative sample of what's out there, we're only getting what the police have confiscated from people. So certainly there's a wider distribution of this stuff than we even know. These things are not being manufactured by uh, pharmaceutical companies, for example. They're being manufactured illicitly. And so they have no quality control mechanisms. There's no expectations of quality control. And so you have no idea how much is in a pill or in a powder. Um, it could be a lot, could be a little, but it's certainly enough to kill you. For more information about the fentanyl crisis, huh? you can visit DEA.gov. Reporting live in the newsroom, I'm Kylie Gibson. Back to you in the what? studio, Misty. All right. Thank you very much, Kylie. And to see more of our... What? This? Yeah. They said they were going to set up classes for self-defense. Vigilance and stalking awareness also... Uh, President Green stated they would purposely carry the students' legacy, re the new classes. So are you saying they're setting all that stuff up right now, or they haven't done it yet? That's kind of strange. I I always feel really weird when people make it seem like it should be potential victims' problem to train themselves to save themselves. You know what I mean? I always feel weird about that. Just like uh, with women who are suggested, well, like get a self-defense class in case a guy ever tries to do this or tries to do that. Or how about we just make sure guys don't do that by making their sentences harsher and not letting people off, you know, putting a bigger emphasis on research and investigation into these claims that come out. Okay. So it, this is about the money was the, it was the largest grant in U of I history. Did you find anything about them setting up the classes chief? So that's the classes that were in question, I guess. Um, is that what the grant is supposed to go towards? The Coeur Tribal Natural Resource Department and the Nez Pierce Tribe Land Services Division partners in the project helping test several climate smart conservation practices on tribal. What does that have to do with it? 
We'll have to dig into it, you guys. From an article on the grant. Okay. That's something that uh, I know very little about. I know there's some details around Coeur d'Alene um, that I, I don't know about. There's a few topics out there that we just haven't covered, like uh, Enon Harsh um, and uh, Coeur d'Alene. Um, yeah. So J.R. said she saw a video where they use that number, uh, the octillion number, and explain why yeah. they use it. I'll try to find it after the live. That would be over. super helpful. My The yeah. DNA video is already edited, so we'll bring it out. But if I, I can explain further on why that number is real, that would be amazing. Because based on everything I've gathered, it's not possible. Yeah. Okay. You, Trisha said she's been looking up things about the grant to see how they're going to keep the payments up. Good point. Yeah, I wonder how many of those. Um, what what are they cashing in again? Um, their their cash bonds or whatever. Something they're cashing in something to get the money for the the University of Phoenix purchase. Yeah, yeah. How how many bonds do these guys have? How many? Makes me want to look. Hang on. Let's see. Wait, this is the right school, right? Yeah, U of I. Uh, it doesn't say. I wonder if that's the way that they get around having to share and propose and post what their overall income is. So, The University of Idaho got the green light from the State's Board of Education Thursday to pursue $550 million acquisition of the University of Phoenix, a for-profit whose enrollment has plunged amid chronic allegations of illegal recruiting and marketing practices. Huh. That was a lawsuit for University of Phoenix? Yeah, $191 million. That's crazy. Yep. Over misleading advertising and, uh, or accusations. So, 191 million settlement in 2019 with the Federal Trade Commission over accusations that it produced misleading advertisements. I've known a few people that got their law degree from University of Phoenix. Sounds like that's not a good thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I guess as long as you are. You get barred. I guess that's what matters, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's true.
Oh, we're going to get hit with that stupid music. Which is so silly because it's probably a copyright-free Welcome to Idaho State song. Police Forensic Services. Today yeah. we're going to host you on a tour of our Meridian facility. We hope that you learn something as we talk to our scientists about what they do in forensic science. This is it. Yep. Oh, thanks, the Heather Coalition. Yeah, I figured that the out heathen. after we talked about. Oh, the Heathen. We're here in the Meridian Laboratory. I the did Idaho see State that. Asatruers, not Asatruers. After we talked about it. So, while researching it, FYI, Norse pagans are sometimes called Asatruers, but we don't. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I definitely want to present it right. All right. Services. And we're talking with the laboratory manager. Can you tell us a little bit about the laboratory system and how it operates? Idaho State Police Forensic Services is comprised of three laboratories. Yes. Uh, we are a laboratory system. The laboratory in Coeur d'Alene performs controlled substance oh. analysis, toxicology, fire debris analysis, hmm. firearms analysis, as well as blood and breath alcohol analysis. We also have a laboratory in Pocatello. That laboratory performs controlled substance analysis, toxicology analysis, as well as blood and breath alcohol analysis. Here in the Meridian Laboratory, we perform controlled substance analysis, blood and breath alcohol analysis, as well as latent fingerprint. How far is Meridian from... Uh, from uh, Moscow? analysis and DNA testing. We are also the state's DNA database laboratory. Our laboratories accept evidence from every police agency, prosecuting attorney Wait, I and missed public. that. Sorry guys. So the Rewind. state's DNA database. So this is the only one that does DNA. Got it. So controlled substance, blood alcohol, uh, breath alcohol, latent print, DNA testing, DNA database. Laboratory. Our laboratories accept evidence from every police agency, prosecuting attorney, and public defender in the state of Idaho. We can accept evidence in a couple of different ways. An agency can ship the evidence via a courier such as UPS, Federal Express, or Certified Mail. When the customer comes in person, they bring their evidence along with their pre-log forms. We are a paperless system, and so the agency actually... 315 miles. Look. Yeah, I was trying to figure that out if my computer would. <laughs> it was just sitting here spinning the whole time. As a crow flies. That's what, uh, that's what Murdoch said in trial. Well, wow. you know, like a mile and a half as a crow flies logs their evidence in from their office 
And then when they bring it in, they have a form with a barcode that we scan and that will automatically pull the evidence up in our system. We then have forensic evidence specialists and they check that the evidence is in a properly I'm not sealed lie, condition. Though. After looking at this of- stuff, I, I almost got sold on it. Like some of the websites that talk about it, I'm like, man, this sounds super cool. <laughs> <laughs> this is a super cool religion um, because it's so open and free. Like that's what I like about it. Like there's, yeah, and, and I'm, but... I'm not talking about like the white supremacist side of it. I'm talking about like the real part of it. I mean, you know? I would hope not. What? <laughs> I'm just saying, like, because that's white what, supremacy that's... doesn't have to do it's with not that a belief. No, it has zero yeah. to do with it, and it sucks that that they've turned it into that in these certain areas of the country that they have stolen I, that belief. I don't think they have. I don't They've think they have. They've stolen it and okay. perverted it just the way, you know. No, they have not stolen have. it and perverted it. They're just perverted. That's it. <laughs> like, okay. dude, I I was, I grew up a punk rocker with a mohawk and I had w- one pair of jeans, you guys. And what's funny is like, I came from like middle class, you know, my parents weren't hurting on money or anything like that, but uh, I was I wanted to be gutter punk. So I had one pair of jeans that I wore for an entire year. That was my goal every Ew. day for a year. Crusty the, the only washing that they ever got was when I jumped into the water with them on. Um, so like. Yeah, I don't. Oh, there that I know where I was going now. So um, punk rockers in that area, the skinheads took over like tried taking over punk rock. There was this, the skinhead punks that had their classic outfit of like the, uh, whatever belt loop straps and their boot, their Doc Martin suspenders and their Doc Martin boots and no shirt and bald head. Um, like I wouldn't say in that situation that the racist took over punk and perverted it. It's just, it brought perverted people. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're totally right, the Heathen Coalition. <laughs> that Oh, gosh, that's awful, J-Ray. Yeah, that's so out of context. <laughs> um, I, you're right. They don't refer to it right in there. And I, in the memorandum, you're right. They don't present Odinism correct in there. Um, you know me which and is, names. Which is why, and we have an issue with pronouncing names on this show, so I apologize. <laughs> but... Um, that's why we've gone down a different rabbit hole with it now. Um, and that'll be coming soon. This week, we're going to talk about it because we found some really interesting stuff. Very interesting stuff. Zach Prince, the uh, founder of BlockFi. Is you that can, what you're talking with about? With what we're talking about, you can essentially just leave Odinism out of it with our uh, theory. Yeah. With our theory on the Delphi case now, Odinism can just be left out of it. Yeah. That is, well, I don't know, man. Prison, oh, prison's rough. Prison's rough. I don't feel like you can make a choice in prison. At least like the people that I hung out with that, uh, did prison time. Luckily, luckily, you guys, I never did any 
real time. I never got in trouble for anything serious or, or anything like that, even though I should have. I, I should have all day long. I should have. But I had friends that did real prison time. And in California, you don't you don't have a choice. There is the Sedanos, there is the Norteños, there is the Blacks, there is the Skins, and then there is the Woods. And you have to pick. You don't have a choice. Like, if you want to live, if you want to get out of prison, you have to group up with somebody. It's so unfortunate and uh, traumatic, man. You have people that are coming out that, you know, what if somebody got falsely convicted and put into a California prison system um, and they have now become a, a criminal because they get put into prison, don't have a choice but to associate with prisoners in that way, talked down to by the guards all day long, every day, not there to um, to rehab them back into society, but to hold them down and to train them to be, you know, class A criminals. They're going to come out changed. They're going to come out changed. I knew a guy that was an alcoholic and he uh he had three or four DUIs and on on his fourth DUI it does happen every day you're right Jay Ray I know uh it's ah oh, it drives me crazy so he was a drunk and he got four DUIs and got sentenced to 5 years I'm pretty sure in California it's it's two for one. So if as long as you do your time, uh, good time, good behavior, you get two days for every one after the first three months or after the first year. I think I could be wrong. You guys, I haven't lived in California in a decade, but um, so he went in there and all, his issue was going to the bar and drinking and then driving home, like not making good decisions once he was drunk. Okay. He went into prison and <clears throat> had to click up with a racist gang, the woods and the woods are like the less race, less racist version of the skins. Everyone's a, everyone's white when you're a wood. Um, and, uh, but you're not like, a Nazi, you know what I mean? You're it's, it's different. There's two factions of white people and, uh, they're still all criminals. And in there, you have to put in dues if you want to be a part of one of these crews and there's no way around it. So you end up, so he ended up getting an additional year just so he wouldn't die because he had to, did not have a choice. This guy, all he did is, is drink, all he did is drive drunk, which is bad. Don't get me wrong. But to go inside and be forced to stab somebody, otherwise you're at risk of dying and then not even getting out in half of the time like you should have, but serving a whole extra year on top of your five. What? That's insane. That's that's the California prison system. Welcome to hell. You know, <sighs> See, it should Google the Danish prison cell. It's like an apartment. <laughs> it's not. It's not anything like what we have here. I know that. I I <laughs> wish we did things like yeah, some of the European countries. Yeah, because do. they actually rehabilitate they people. Do. They they put them in there. They have them work. They have an apartment. They you know what I mean. They like, teach them schedules. They teach them how to manage a real life, a healthy life without 
criminal activity and drugs and everything else. Like Agreed. they get a mental health help. So like, yeah, if we, I would be more comfortable like having people from prison back out on the streets if we did it like that. But a lot of people I'm like, keep them in there for like a really long time or forever because yes. they're not going to get the help to be a better person. Correct. They do treat them like humans. And the thing is too, like, it's it's it always comes down to nature versus nurture. There are going to be people out there that can't be rehabilitated. We we understand that. We understand what sociopaths are. We understand what psychopaths are. We understand that it comes to a point where people aren't going to be able to turn their life around. <clears throat> Excuse me, but for the people that want to turn their life around, that had parents that weren't present, that uh, got woven into a bad group, that didn't know how to manage their life. Maybe they were someone like me that had ADHD and didn't know how to learn how to manage life, or maybe they had a more severe, you know, and couldn't manage their life the normal way and have a schedule and be able to go to work and like all these other things and got thrown into that bad life. And instead of going to jail and uh, seeing therapists, psychologists, having men's groups, things like that, and then being taught how to manage your life on a schedule where they expect your bed and place to be cleaned up. They expect you to make it to your meals on time. They expect you to go out to work in the yard or wherever on time and do everything like, you know, 8 a.m., 10 a.m., 12, whatever. Um, they get out and they know how to manage their life then at that point. It's literally rehabilitation. <laughs> Ours is criminal training. Uh, thank you, Michael, and hello, welcome to the yeah, chat. Yeah, appreciate that. Um, I know there are several other countries that have way better, like dignified, better prison systems than us, all, all the way around. Joey Watkins, I just covered a case, um, for one of the stories that I was editing where this guy did five years. Oh, the innocence project's amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, where this guy did five years for R, you know, R A P. Um, and, uh, and he was finally let out, but dude, there better be a lawsuit following that because if somebody has a career they're working towards, if somebody has a job, if somebody has anything that they've worked to build in life and create something and it's taken away for something that they didn't even do, five years can end up being 15. You know, what happens to credit? What happens to all these things that Your matter personal in life? connections with people, like literally yeah. everything you have in life. It's horrible. Agreed. That's Agreed. pretty wild, J. Ray. False allegations. She's talking about her boyfriend. Yeah, um, who doesn't like bad boys? <laughs> yeah, a lot of people are wrongfully convicted. But I think, um, see, that's something that actually I heard. Who was saying that? What? I think it was a defensive no was it Vinny from Court TV? Somebody was saying that, I think it was him, saying that he said some percentage of most of the people who are brought to trial or are charged are guilty and are found guilty. Sure. Um, and the percentage is like kind of, kind of, it's really high, which I, I'm like, I hope that's a good statistic. I hope. 
I mean, I hope that's a good one. Cause I'm not sure. Are they actually guilty? Like how, like how skewed is that statistic in actuality? How, what percentage of the people that are found guilty are actually innocent? I've never looked that up before. Well, and do we even know the reality of that? Well, no, there is no way to find that out because of the laws of what I was just talking about earlier with DNA and testing and how some states literally get rid of evidence to where it can't be tested later on down the line. Some states have really, really tight, crude laws around getting your case retried or getting your evidence looked at again or anything like that. So um, it. Yeah, we don't know. You're never going to get an, an honest number, you know? Yeah, look. <laughs> that was a funny comment. <laughs> yeah. For real, though. ...of custody are signed and that the information that was entered into that pre-log system matches what is on the evidence. Then they will enter it into our system, a barcode label will be generated and applied to each item of evidence. No way. And that is used to track the evidence everywhere it goes in our system. Uh, the, the first stop will be one of our evidence. Don't doubt it. We have a room temperature vault, a refrigerator vault, and a freezer vault. So for example, uh, fingerprint evidence should be stored at room temperature, whereas DNA evidence is typically stored refrigerated or frozen. This is our room temperature vault. Every shelf in this vault has its Cameras. own identification. So when an evidence specialist places an Did item in the cameras? vault, it's scanned to that location and they No. I don't see any cameras. Tell me if we you guys see really... any cameras. And two, all they did was have a key, not even a code that can be tracked. They should have codes on that door and every employee has their own code and when you go in there you punch your code in opens up the door and it saves that say who doesn't like bad boys again but say it slowly <laughs> don't make me laugh i'm not gonna be able to say it <laughs> <laughs> okay who doesn't like bad boys know exactly which shelf in that vault that that item is located on okay and we track the item in that way while it is in the laboratory every location is tracked in our chain of custody <laughs> when an analyst is ready to check out an yes, item of do, evidence God for do. testing one of our evidence specialists <laughs> will retrieve the item from the vault right. and place it into one of our pass-through lockers ready to check and we track the item in that way while it is in the location <laughs> So when an evidence Look, specialist you see cameras an anywhere. in the vault, it's scanned to that location and they know exactly which shelf in that vault that that item is Everybody's located dying on. Right and we try <laughs> Focusing on cameras. <laughs> Why? Because of my... Because you're who doesn't like bad boys. Yeah, what about it? Michael, though. I commit. He said, at least they make the employees scan their IDs to create an entrance log. Like, yeah. So, but... Did I miss something though? Because I the only ID I saw scanned was in the beginning when they were checking the uh, evidence in to the computer, and I I'm not as worried about that part because I feel like that makes sense being able to get that into the computer. 
I'm more worried, like, who can walk in here? Can a police officer walk in here? Can, you know what I mean? Like, I just want to know who who has the availability to this, you know? <laughs> yes, they should. Agreed. I agree. I, and so I'm a big advocate for police body cams at all times, literally all times. I don't think that you should ever be able to turn off audio and video. Like if you need to turn off audio because you're fighting with your girl or something's going on, okay, turn off audio and leave video on. You know what I mean? If you That's when you're sitting in the car doing nothing else though, not literally like doing your police work like in the field. Like there should I mean, they're going to be on they're going to be on shift and be being able to talk to people. I know, like but that. you're not going to be there with like, you know, a suspect or I don't care. I think it needs to be on all the time. Yeah. No, I'm saying when they're in the car and arguing with their girlfriend, like that seems okay. Com like compared to like being out of the car, talking to a suspect, a witness, anything like that. Like that's way yeah, different. Both of those should be on period, but I'm, I'm just, I feel like explaining that it should even be on when they're not encountering a suspect is like a good example of how serious we should be with police officers and being recorded and audio and all that good stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if we expect them to do it at all times, then obviously when they're encountering a suspect, it both of them need to be on. Otherwise it needs to be like severe accountability and, 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 harsh write up you know sent home what i don't know i don't know how police are held accountable but whatever it is um should be taken seriously yeah uh i just highlighted this because trisha yes 11 hours of being drilled you will say anything to get away Test. Are we good? Can you hear us now? Exactly. Literally exactly. It should never, ever, 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 ever be off. I just. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Uh, what was I even saying? <laughs> oh, I feel like that was highlighted really well, Trisha, in the Dr. Moore case, the way he was coerced into confessing yeah. for something he for real did not do and was then later exonerated. Of, yeah. Um, and is now suing. I, I feel like that was like a really, really good case to look at for what they do to try to coerce and force a confession that I think they Not knew. Not try, they did. They did, yeah. but I think that, I think the whole time they knew he wasn't guilty, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I agree. I think they had to have known that he wasn't Ashley guilty. Ashley said it's cutting. Is it still? Can someone? Where is the plug? Like, does it need to be pushed no. in? Is it still cutting it out? 
track the item in that way while it is in the laboratory. Every location is but tracked Michael in said he meant they should scan their IDs in the storage area. Every when an analyst is ready to okay. check Michael out an item of evidence for Thank testing, you. one of our evidence specialists will retrieve the item from the vault and place it into one of our pass-through lockers. The analyst can then enter the code that the evidence specialist assign and retrieve their items of evidence. They are then ready to take them back to the laboratory for testing. Why does it go into that holding area at all? I don't get it. Am I missing something? One of the things we're extremely pleased with here at the state police is that all of our staff are required to be certified in the discipline that they're performing casework. Our analysts have an initial training period and then when they're finished with that training program, they are required to maintain certification throughout their career so that they can testify Hi, in bon courts bon. all around Idaho. Yeah, she did, Michael. You're right. Thank you for joining us on our tour of Idaho State Police Forensic Services. We hope that you learned something and found it informative. Yep. And he asked we hope that you learned of our commitment to sound point. science and serving the citizens of the state of Idaho. All right, so I. The sound is off in the video. What the heck? I don't think so. Here, let me. Let me yeah, log on. DNA technology am, has greatly. I am logged on. You well, can try refreshing your browser. Um, turn it on. Just make sure you switch back to live chat because it'll probably set you back to top chat, so you can see all of the Here, comments. Here, I'm on. I'm on my phone. Hang on. Test. DNA technology. Okay, yeah. Is it good or is it off? I think it's good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. People, people. People have been hating on us lately. Other content what? creators. Other content creators. Trisha just said, are, are they being tagged? I don't know if it's content creators. Uh, For sure. Who else would do it? I don't know. Some people just go out there and report if they don't like something you say in a video. No, it's confirmed some. Oh, okay. has greatly I didn't know that. The advancement of law enforcement yeah, we've gotten, uh, in Idaho. Is it mass reporting or is it just like a few reports? Um, I I you don't know. You can't tell the difference. No, no, but it it's okay. We just aren't gonna lower ourselves down to that. We I even know who they are. I'm just there's some people out there that just want to push other people down to like get ahead. It, it's that <laughs> idea of yeah. where like you know you can put rats in a bot in like a uh, a pan of hot water or water or whatever and by habit they try and climb on each other to keep themselves alive it's that same kind of idea and we don't except want... there's no hot water in this case <laughs> yeah and we 
I, I mean, we, we just aren't going to engage in that, man. Even even though I know who they are and and doing it, even if I came across them like in real life or they wanted to talk, dude, I would treat them as nice as anybody else. I'm not going to let anybody spend time in a negative way in my brain. That's my decision whether I'm going to give you that kind of power over me. And I'm just not willing to give people that kind of power over me. You know what I mean? Because if the content is good and we have a great time with all of our community, then it will grow. There's no way it's not going to grow. Yeah. Uh, I think we're making good comp content. I feel like our, our community believes we're making good content. So we're doing good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it, Violet said it happened to the lawyer, you know, too. Interesting. I didn't know that. And then he blew up probably. Yeah, he did. People keep, um, people keep saying to us like, uh, it, what is the, uh, the algorithm. the algorithm will catch up and then all of a sudden, you know, it just happens. So uh, and that'd Ian, be cool. Ian, I have seen that too, where fans of other creators like have a misplaced sense of loyalty and they, they get aggressive. I've, I've seen it with tons of people. <laughs> That's yeah. kind of what I was hinting at. Yeah. People, people are weird. And you know, there is like this, uh, holier than thou idea in the true crime community yeah and i that's not us <laughs> i'm not gonna pretend that i'm holier than thou no we're all very flawed people. i believe in karma Everybody. man and i love all content creators because again i think i've said this before but i feel like it's a type of art you know that you're making with people that enjoy watching it and and Hopefully they're making it for the people that are watching it, you know, um, and I'm going to appreciate everybody equally. And I, I just would rather leave a positive history behind me than uh, a negative one. You yeah. Know? And a lot of the people that I, I mean, a few of the people that I, I know are like, you know, having issues. I watch them and like them. <laughs> like, it just seems silly. We appreciate that, Michael. Yeah, thanks, Michael. And all of you appreciate it. Luck luckily, we got YouTube contacts. Individuals convicted of felony crimes are required that. to give a DNA sample. Thank you, thank you, guys. We do it for you guys. For upload sure. into the combined DNA index system also known as CODIS. CODIS is a computer software program right, for local, so state, and to influence the advancement of law enforcement everywhere. In Idaho, individuals convicted of felony crimes are required to give a DNA sample for upload into the combined DNA index system, also known as CODIS. CODIS is a computer software program for local, state, and national DNA databases. Matches, or hits, in the database can link cases together or provide an identity to an unknown perpetrator. Collection of DNA samples is very important to ensure that DNA profiles of sufficient quality are obtained for upload into the DNA database. Prior to collecting a sample, make sure the offender does not have a DNA sample on file by checking their criminal history or the sex offender registry in eyelids. Also, to ensure quality results and no mistakes, please perform the entire procedure on only one subject at a time. First, you need to have an evidence tape sealed collection kit. 
This is provided by ISP Forensic Services. Make sure the kit okay. is properly sealed with evidence tape. Open the kit by breaking the evidence seal and remove the contents of the collection kit. So, I'm assuming once Brian was arrested and they got the okay to test his DNA because they aren't police aren't allowed to just arrest somebody and, and forcibly take your DNA. That's your body. That's your person's. You right, know. Right. Right. Uh, so right. Step one: <laughs> put on gloves. Right. See. Serious. Um, I'm kind of surprised that wasn't included, considering this is like supposed to be an educational how-to type of video. I mean, um, have you guys all seen the pictures of the uh, of the one one two two people that are on site collecting evidence with their face masks down to their throats and their head things pulled back? No. Yeah, dude. Yeah. It it looks messy. It looks messy. Now let's give. I'll give all law enforcement and public type servants the benefit of the doubt. Maybe they did all the important stuff already and they were just going back through it, picking up stuff. I don't know. Maybe they were picking up trash. There's lots of reasons why they could have their masks pulled down and exposing the crime scene to their own DNA and cross-contamination. It's totally possible, but it still doesn't look good. You know what I mean? It still looked really, really, really bad. Directions for collecting the sample are also included on the, the tri-fold sample the bag? card. We'll take you through them step by step. Wait, what? <laughs> I feel like that could cause cross-contamination. You have to open the bag. I, maybe, maybe the other two items are sealed. So you open the bag, put the gloves on, and then unseal the two important parts to collect the swab, put it in the sealed package, and then close it. That makes sense. That, that could be it. Step one, open the trifold card and fill in the information requested. Please pay special attention to the state ID number and include it if possible. If you're collecting a sample from a registered sex offender, Please write S-O-R on the outside front of the trifold card. Step two. The next step in sample collection will be to fingerprint the individual. Fingerprints are used for identity confirmation. The card has an area for the fingerprint to be taken. Use the ink strip included in the kit. Peel apart the ink strip starting from the clear plastic end. Place the individual's right thumb onto the ink strip and transfer their print to the card by pressing their finger down lightly on the card. It is important that the fingerprint is clear and readable. You should be able to see the ridges within the print. If the first print is not of good quality, then please take another. The right thumb print is preferred, but any finger can be used. Just be sure to indicate which finger the print was obtained from. Do not place multiple prints on top of each other. If we receive a collection kit with an unclear fingerprint, you may be asked to collect and send a new kit. Okay. A towelette is included so for the individual to remove anymore? the ink from his or her hand. Step I three. Mean, if you get arrested, now it is time to obtain the DNA sample. They do all of them. They do every part yeah. of your hand. Yeah. I know because I've had it sample. done. <laughs> yeah. At this time, you should put gloves on to prevent your DNA but from getting on digital. the sample. Gloves are provided in the kit, but you may. Mine was with ink and digital before. 
may use your own gloves if you wish. You'll want to leave your gloves on until you finish collecting the DNA sample. First, fill in the offender's name on the FTA card, being careful to leave the card flap down and not touching the inside of the card. Step four, remove the foam tip swab from its wrapping, making Wait, sure to open pause. it from the plastic. If they did all that before putting the gloves on. Yeah. And like you're touching the same pin, like, and you're touching all the same things you just touched without gloves on. It, you could, you could be exposing yourself to cross contamination. One thing that I was thinking is like, it, they're training people to do it like this, which is a little bit strange. I, I feel like you should fill everything out and have everything ready and then put the gloves on and then collect the sample and then put it in the secure bottle and then take the gloves off. Yeah. Like the gloves should be on immediately before collecting the sample and you don't do anything else yeah. with the gloves on until you collect the sample and then you take them off. Agreed. I agree. Yeah, the pool can have DNA on it. Insert the swab into the individual's mouth between the gum line and cheek. Rub the swab along the inside of the cheek using a fair amount of pressure, sufficient for collection of cheek okay, cells and moistening of the swab with saliva. Not Repeat on the other side of the mouth with the same swab. The swab can be further moistened by placing it under the tongue. What? Step five. Once the swab is adequately moistened, open the flap of the FTA Maybe. card and press the swab to the inside of the printed circle. Press down firmly, but be careful not to rub the card. Flip the swab over and press it down firmly into the other circle. Again, making sure you do not rub the paper on the card. The FTA cards in the Strange. ISP DNA database collection kits are indicating works. cards. They change from pink to white with the addition of saliva. The color changes quick, as you can see here. Step six. Once the sample is transferred to the FTA card, the swab can be thrown away. Replace the flap of the FTA card and place the card in the FTA card envelope provided with the trifold sample card. The envelope is self-adhesive and should not be licked. Yeah. The used ink strip, moist towelette, suave, and any used gloves may now be discarded. <laughs> Step seven, return the trifold sample card to the outer pre-addressed envelope. Seal the outer envelope with the evidence okay. tape provided. Yeah, the swab There's a place has on the to tape go, to include I your initials. Why would they throw the swab away? Yeah, that's super strange, man. What? Sample collection. Swab. Do not send the swab in with the kit. <laughs> Do take a readable fingerprint. Do not place the evidence seal on the FTA card or FTA card envelope. Do place the evidence seal on the outer mailing envelope. Do seal the self-adhesive FTA card envelope. Do completely fill out the information on the trifold sample card. If you have any questions or need clarification on DNA proper sampling too. techniques. Okay. Yeah, we're learning, Violetta. We are. Yeah. Yeah, no, this is good. I, I want to... I want to know. <laughs> I want to know. 
that I should never go to Idaho. Right? Uh, so Welcome to Idaho State Police Forensic Services. Today we're going to host you on a tour of our Meridian facility. We hope you learn something as we talk to our scientists about what they do in forensic science. Yeah, I don't want to go to Idaho either. So we're here at the DNA section of the laboratory, and we're here with the laboratory manager, who is also a qualified DNA analyst. She looks And we're going to have her give us a little bit of a tour of the facility. All right, we'll head on in. I know, the not even lab is drive the only through DNA it. lab in Seriously. the state of Idaho. The DNA unit accepts cases in all types of crimes, homicides, Enjoy, sexual right? assaults, burglaries, aggravated assaults, missing person. The evidence can range from clothing, bedding, swabs from crime scenes to firearms to actual human remains. One of the issues that's come up in our state recently yeah. is processing of sexual assault kits. Can you tell us a yeah. little bit about how that process buccal goes? Swab. Yes, they did get a buccal swab. A sexual assault kit is a box that contains swabs no, collected from the victims night. of sexual assault. When the box comes in, the analysts note the packaging, Very true, whether bon it was bon. sealed. They actually examine every single swab that's sign. collected in that kit. Uh take a cutting of every swab and test for male DNA. Then it's forwarded for DNA analysis. Wait, so they swab the evidence with that? If the victim is female and the perpetrator is suspected to be male, they perform what's known as Y-screen, essentially looking for male DNA on all of them. Wait, I just want to clarify what if the DNA wasn't on that part of the swab? Wait. Wait. What? I'm just I'm just trying to think to make sure I'm not to not about to make myself look dumb saying this, but so in that test kit, they had one for each private area, the mouth. So they had four four swabs there, and then they just took one blade and cut all four. Contaminating them all. That would have cross-contaminated all of them, wouldn't it? So wait, they they swab that per somebody's body in all these different places, or is it four swabs for one location? I I still think you shouldn't cross-contaminate, but I I but is it for show? those items. This is a much more sensitive process, which allows us to identify more samples than we were previously looking for body fluids on those samples, which was more time consuming. DNA analysis is a multi-step process. The first step is an extraction process, breaking open the cell to get the DNA out and separating the DNA from all of the other components that are within our cells. The different chemistries we use are very expensive. They are proprietary. 
we have to put a lot of time into validating them, making sure yeah, they work as uh, they say they're going to work. You're right. It is from one suspect, but you sh technically with DNA, you should still do them separate, even though it's from one suspect. For one, it's in, in each area. So it's mouth, but other areas, you know, uh, so you shouldn't cross contaminate those areas. And for two, um, if one of those was cross contaminated for whatever reason, you don't want to then recross contaminate the other three. And the only reason I would probably only know that is because of our recent story. So, <laughs> Yeah. Thank you, Amanda. Don't forget to like the stream, guys. It helps with the algorithm. Yeah. Hit that like button. Yep. It was Pennsylvania where they searched the dad's house. And they got many things that I feel like we don't know that much about. <laughs> Mouth, butt? <laughs> yeah, because they said that you have to first swab she said no, you're, you need to be awake first, next time. First you have to swab your butt, the butt, then the mouth in that order. We are getting the correct profiles from samples. The next step is the quantitation step, determining how much DNA is present. And that's used really to optimize the downstream process. The chemistry we use determines the amount of DNA and the amount of male DNA, which lets us know if there's any male DNA in the sample. We have a target amount of DNA we're shooting for in each sample, and we will dilute or concentrate the sample. I think, like, okay, so Trisha said, shouldn't the DNA be the same no matter where they get it? Say, okay, you were just at home and you gave your husband a kiss, okay? And then you went out and you got assaulted, okay? But the only DNA from that assaulter would be in your pants, okay? Because we saw them swabbing the underwear. Because they didn't kiss you. Right, yeah. they'd never touched your mouth, okay? So it's only in the pants. And then you go get tested and they take the swab from mouth they take it from everywhere else, and then they do that where they put all the swabs together and cut them all across. Then you have the potential problem of male DNA being mixed. Yeah. Your or husband and that guy. Yes. And then that could pop up for a totally different guy. Correct. Because it's not, it's mixed. Yeah. And I don't know that they have. It could decrease the likelihood. It could make it a less reliable sample. There's a lot of things it could do where based off the research we just did, it should be separate. <laughs> yeah. Von Von. <laughs> the mouth and the butt. Yeah. <laughs> it just sounded funny. I think J Ray was saying. <laughs> You're not supposed to go, you're not supposed to swab your butt and then your mouth. It's supposed to go mouth first, then butt. That's what she's saying. You know, who wants butt in their mouth? <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, you should be able to join our channel, uh, Violetta. You should be able to. 
Oh, you're looking the membership link. Oh, the membership link. Okay, hang on, hang on, hang on. What? He'll post it in the chat. I'm I'm the worst at this. I'm like, we want to grow, and I'm literally like the worst <laughs> at all of this. Hang on. Yeah, the the dollar symbol. Where was it? Last Amanda, time? thanks for saying that. But I, when I click the dollar symbol, it shows me memberships. Um, to be able to join on our end from our channel, but I did have some people saying it wasn't showing up on theirs. It was just showing up for like gifting memberships. Um, so we'll we'll post the link so it's easier. But I don't yes. really know. Is there a difference based on the browser you're using? Is there a difference based on like the mobile app? I don't know. Maybe it is different for yeah. different operating systems and it, maybe that's why it shows up for me and not other people maybe it could be it really yeah. could be okay back to hey 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 Woo. violet new member yay we really gotta make that members only discord Welcome. so we yes. can have the people being able to I hop will, in. I will. I will make it probably tomorrow is what is where I'll make it. Uh, super stoked to have you as a new member. Welcome to the team. And uh, we like to hop on here and have fun. Glad you're here with us and can join us. Yes. You also get all the emotes too. And Malia helped make those emotes. Helped. I made them. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't tell if I made them. Yeah, but yeah. I'm gonna be making more. She made all of them. I I was thinking like, cause you you're the one who put them together, layered them. Like you didn't make them by hand. You just created them. Draw? You mean I didn't draw them? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Well, duh, <laughs> duh. Yeah, that. Ultimate I can't draw a picture of your face that perfectly. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Nobody can. It then goes on to a capillary electrophoresis instrument. Yes, tin hat. I gotta make one with his oh, face bigger, with the curly, the with curly the tin hat. Or the taped eyebrows. Oh, taped eyebrows emote. It produces what's called an electropharogram, determining an individual's DNA profile, and it's a graph of peaks. We look at several different Kimberly. locations within a person's DNA, and at each different location, they will have one or two peaks. The peaks are what they received from their parents. Oh, and Lulu Love. What's up? Hey. A single sample to run through the process because it has to be accompanied by multiple controls, whether you're running one sample or 100 samples. I would estimate to be about $1,000 to $1,500 per sample. <laughs> an analyst could produce that profile in as little as two days. We batch samples. This allows us to be more efficient. The batch process for an <laughs> entire group of samples takes about a week. The DNA casework section <laughs> accepts evidence from active criminal investigations. The DNA database unit processes sample. Okay, question. They said that they have multiple, uh, what was the word she used? Multiple, um, I'm going to have to rewind it. Estimate to be about a thousand to fifteen. Hang on. 
are two peaks. The peaks are what they received from their parents. Multiple controls. So she said that there has to be multiple controls for the sample to be uh, good. What about a single-use DNA sample with Koberger? Hmm. And remember, we looked at this, you guys, right here. Did I close it? Did uh, she say what the controls were? No, we looked at this right here. Look. The knife sheath was reportedly sent for testing at a startup in Texas after initial testing at the lab in Idaho could not find anything on it. Jennifer Coffindaffer does not believe that will do much harm to the prosecution's case. Well, yeah. <laughs> what? Would you expect anything else? No. I know. But that's interesting, in my opinion. How did they get the controls? How did they verify? How did they check? Is that a reliable DNA sample anymore without any of that additional data? Yeah, one of the greatest labs in the world. I know, Bon Bon. It's just strange to me, you guys. And like... I'm I'm not trying to go tin hat and like just doubt everything about everybody and total conspiracy. I literally think one or two people can cause this messed up of a situation. I think one or two bad police officers can cause this whole awful situation if it ends up being proven that it is going on what we thought was going on where it's not a strong case. The evidence wasn't worked properly and or worked backwards, right? Um, one or two officers could do that whole thing. But what about like with this and the DNA samples? How does it work when there's only a single use DNA? They don't have additional controls. They don't have anything else to verify. And it's verify. touch DNA too on touch top of DNA. it. I wonder if the process is a bit different than she's describing here they because they haven't it's even trace. Yeah. They haven't even touched on huh. touch DNA or trace DNA. They've literally only talked about spit. Yeah. Blood and semen. Yeah. Like that's pretty much it. Direct body. Yep.
Wait. Cameras. Cameras. Is that touch? DNA they're checking for? Look. Yep, they can be, Ashley. Malia's looking up environmental DNA. Someone said that uh, that had some kind of connection. So, so when, when you look up environmental DNA, what pops up is literally about the environment and how they test like water, soil, stuff like that to test the biodiversity of that environment, seeing like how many species are there and things like that. Yeah. Um, but environmental DNA is defined as like skin cells and, and other things that are, you know, shed off of, yeah. um, you know, an organism, an animal or something like that. And uh, when you look up touch DNA, that's exactly what it is. It's skin cells or, you yep. know, whatever is shed off of the person when they touch something. So technically they really are the same thing. 
Oh, it's trace okay. DNA, okay. Um, and it's so trace it's, DNA falls under the umbrella of environmental DNA, yeah, essentially. Touch or trace DNA yep. follows falls under that. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. And with what how this is related skin cells. is skin cells. Yeah, yeah. How this is related is this is literally the laboratory that managed uh, Koberger's DNA. So we had recently covered a story this week where we're looking directly into this and some of the details and other cases and things like that, that, uh, appear like they relate, you know? Um, so we wanted to get a better understanding of the lab and the location, how it's managed. Is the DNA ever left alone? How easily is it accessible? Can other law enforcement walk in and get behind the door where the DNA is kept? Like how secure is secure? You know what I mean? <laughs> Did you see Ashley's comment? What? About wondering if they can track you through vaginal DNA. <laughs> No, it just seems ridiculous. <laughs> but I mean, if they can do it with men, I assume yeah. they could do it with women for sure. Yeah. Um, it seems like you get you could get DNA from literally like just touching anything. Yeah. Like that was my whole for point sure. with the knife sheath. They went to a local army surplus store yeah. and and asked him about it, like you know, and they were talking about what the knife was and stuff. It was in some article, like. How do we know? Because he went shopping in Moscow frequently. How do we know he didn't go in an army surplus store and touch a knife that a killer then picked up and went and killed the people with? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't know. Yeah. But did, yeah, did I that did, answer you too, Lulu? I did go into hibernation for a minute trying to figure out if there was a difference between environmental yeah. and touch DNA. Um, and there's not. There's no difference. Yeah, well. They keep looking at fingerprints, though. I'm wondering if they're looking at fingerprints and seeing if they can get touch DNA from it, the skin cells and oils. Yes, that's a good call out because we didn't say oils. But yes, you guys, the, the oils specifically, and we actually cover that in the new video a little bit of how that can transfer. Um, and I mean... I think it's interesting. I learned a ton. I hope I do it justice sharing it, you know, this week. We're we're going to have to cover it's right here. Look, Leighton Prince, we're going to have to cover this uh tomorrow or another day. We'll keep it on the back burner, but oh, we'll see you later, Amanda. Appreciate oh, you. Yeah. Talk in Discord. Yep. Have a good night, Amanda. Hey, I wanted to mention this. So this is from the Scientific American, and it's actually about touch DNA being used possibly in the John Bonet Ramsey case. Yeah. Which the Boulder police won't release. Right. To be done, which is so stupid. Yep. Um, but it says touch DNA only requires seven or eight skin cells from the outermost layer of your skin. What about a single use? I don't know. Will one skin cell do it? I'm so curious how many skin cells were on that knife sheath. Oh, Michael. I, I bet we would have heard about that if they did. I, I doubt think it. I personally think we've got 
all of their evidence. I really, 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 really do. Now, do I hope they have a whole bunch more that proves Koberger's the guy? Absolutely. I want Koberger to be the guy. Be the guy. I want the the real guy to be behind bars and not out in the street somewhere where it can be done again. You know, um, but based on how we see cases, uh, court cases normally go, and arrest warrants normally go and presentation of evidence gathered and all that good stuff, it's very uncommon that they have a whole boatload of evidence they're just waiting to push out, you know? Yeah, that handprint on the window, it, it did seem small, and I'm so curious whose that was. Watch it be a police officer's yeah. contaminating the crime scene. Jeez. What entry of arrestees? Hmm? Meaning, in some states, if you just get arrested, they have the right to take your DNA oh, yeah. and put it in the profile. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. In New York with Gilgo, I've... they they had they have to go through a lot of red tape in New York. But yeah. in some states, I don't think they have all that red tape. I feel like you should. In order to be forced to give up your DNA, you should have to serve time, I think. Well, there needs to be a search warrant. Well, I think if you're the state's in the state's custody, like they own you, bro. Yeah. I just think probable cause should have to be established and then they'd be able to get it. Yeah. There's still some more here, too. We won't get into them tonight, guys, but I'm curious to watch the Leighton Prince um, and these other two just to get a feel of this um, this office and lab still, because I think that gives a good window into how these things were managed in this. You know, I still haven't seen any cameras. I still haven't got my my question answered. Is this evidence ever left alone where it can be accessed? You know, how do they track every single person that touched it? Can they provide a, um, what's it called? The chain of custody from the time of picking it up to the laboratory, every single person that's touched it from pickup to fold or file uh, envelope to laboratory to storage to testing to you know what I mean like I think that's very important and if I was a defense attorney that's one of the main things I would be asking for not not to just stir the pot here but to understand cross-contamination because this DNA is circumstantial evidence a lot of people don't realize that you you hear all the time like well, yeah, a case could be closed on circumstantial evidence. Yeah, DNA circumstantial evidence, and it can be closed with circumstantial evidence, you know? Um, it's very, very convincing circumstantial evidence, though. It like, is. It puts you at the scene as long as it's accurate, yes. which I think that's the issue is everybody all this time. I know I thought that DNA, like, it goes to a lab with scientists. Like, it has to be right. <laughs> Agreed. You know what I mean? I didn't realize Agreed. it was based off of percentages that they they could be only 60% positive it's your DNA 
And you could be convicted off of that because everyone hears DNA and they're like, yeah, this, that it's puts rock them, solid. It's rock solid. You were there at the crime scene when it's like, well, they're 60% sure. Someone literally took DNA evidence into a court case where it was 7% likely. 7%. They just what? omit that fact. Oh, man. That is so ridiculous. So ridiculous. But um, I was blown away the fact that DNA evidence is circumstantial. And you want to know the reason why, too. And I, I understood it after I heard this. And I, I didn't know it before you know, my research last week for Friday's podcast. But uh, what makes it circumstantial is because um, it can't tell you how it got there or why it got there. I feel like that's a good explanation, you know, mm -hmm. because I think a lot of people look at the DNA evidence and they don't think, wait, that's great that we got DNA here, but how did it get here? How do we know that it got here in the act of a crime. You right, know what I mean? Right. Can we prove how it got here in the act of a crime? Right, Jay Ray. It could be that it's his DNA, but how they got it is sketch. Absolutely. And also, how did it get there? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try real hard to get it out tomorrow, but I'm, I'm assuming that it's going to come out on Wednesday and there's good stuff. Yeah, I feel like the the motions, the arrest warrants is also a time sensitive one we should bring yeah. up soon too. But also the Delphi one, but we need to contact the defense first. My so Michael, you want to know something interesting too? You probably already know this, honestly. Um, actually being in the military. So did you know that military um courts do not allow trace DNA or touch DNA because of its unreliability? Not allowed. Wild. I'd also be curious if Michael knows anything about the Camp Pendleton case and what his thoughts are on that. Are you a Marine? If he's not a Marine, he's not. He more than likely wouldn't know. About it. I shouldn't I shouldn't answer for you, but uh, more than like because that's like a Marine. Yeah. Base. You yeah, know, he said, no, we sure don't. Allow yeah, he's army. Army. Yeah. That's what I was. So I was so close to going so, in the army. So when my parents were in the Navy and we moved to San Diego, I don't even know what base we would have lived on, but we lived on base in San Diego. What base is that? Yeah. So the Marines and Navy uh, work very closely together. Um, so would they have been they on Camp Pendleton? They could have been on Pendleton. Um, it, There's do, another base there, though, isn't there? No. Um, no. I thought it was called something else. So the only other base you're thinking of is um, the one in the high desert. That's uh, no, uh, we lived in San Diego. So the high desert, I think, could get I think you can get to the high desert in 45 minutes. So do you know if they had a drive? No, we lived. On, OK, then, on yeah, base. they're going to Pendleton. Yeah. Like, and we were in Pendleton's massive. It is its own town. Hmm. And the Navy works very closely with the Marines. Um, I just remember we had a canyon like Marines in the backyard. Don't, Marines don't have their own battleships, like their own ships. They they depend on the Navy to take them where they right. need to go and things like that. And that has a full dock and everything for a full-size ship. So if they're Navy, Navy works very closely in that base. 
Um, I just don't think that they have, uh, they don't, I just don't think that they have, have, uh, I think it was Coronado J Ray. Then you're up a little bit. That's at least an hour. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. I'm going to have to ask my dad. <laughs> Unless I'm losing my mind here, but I'm pretty sure. I can't remember at this point, but I do remember it was kind of deserty. So maybe we weren't like right in San Diego. I don't know. I'm trying to remember. A squirrel took me away, but now I'm back. <laughs> Glad you're back, Joey. <laughs> I don't think it was Loma, but I don't know for sure. Yeah, I I think I think Coronado's like 45 from Pendleton. Um because there's no it's you can't take any main roads. I I forget what that is it the one. I think there's I think there's a main road you have so, to take. That's the one where you drive by the uh, the everyone calls them the boobs. And it is um, it's a nuclear power plant out there. Um, gosh, what is that road, man? Coronado says it's in San Diego. Yeah, it it's probably right outside where they have the rock beaches. That's where you go to surf right on that that coastal point um and you drive past the nuclear power plant they they look like boobs i don't, well, I, I don't that's know. what everyone calls Cor them. coronado probably wouldn't have had desert no coronado would not have had desert yeah we had a desert in our backyard so so Maybe it was pendleton i don't know Cor coronado is an island and that is where the navy seals train so when you go to be special forces or seals through the marines or navy you're going to coronado and that's where they have the that weird swazi <laughs> barracks <laughs> squirrels <laughs> so was there a squirrel like running around in your yard or something you know i saw this youtube video once of this lady who had a, a squirrel in the tree in her front yard and it had babies and she would one fell out of the nest and this squirrel had trusted her so much from her feeding it for so long that she literally picked the baby up and gave it back to the mom and put it back in the tree and the mom was like totally okay with it Wow, that's super which is not normal for yeah, a squirrel. Like squirrels like can actually really get, interesting. Squirrels can actually get super aggressive about their babies and attack people. Really? I didn't know that before, but that was another what? YouTube rabbit hole I went down of squirrels attacking people. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys, that is it for tonight. We ended we it on squirrels. <laughs> appreciate you. That is the best ending ever. Squirrels are, you know, what's really funny is I, I don't know why you're on like the, the hot topic of squirrels, but you also mentioned squirrels in the podcast too, because I had to find a squirrel video, like picture to put in there. What? Yeah. Joey just brought up squirrels. Oh, I thought you brought up why squirrels. Why did I talk about squirrels? I don't know, but you talked about squirrels. I don't remember so. talking about squirrels. Yeah, we're getting squirrely. Um, okay. All right, guys. We appreciate all of you. This is Thought Riot Podcast. It's the squirrel. Squirrel. True Crime squirrel Talk Riot. Show. 
Squirrel Riot. <laughs> and we are live every Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So come hang out with us. Come have fun with us. Come chat. Come dig into cases. I feel like this one is a little bit more laid back than what some of them are. Um, but uh, it was super fun. I had a really good time. And I appreciate all of you. Thank you for being here. I appreciate you more. Check out our Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that good stuff. Like, comment. We love you all. And to all, a good night. To all, a fantastic night. To just tone. have to one-up him. To tone. Good night. Good night, everybody.